Austin 316 says I just whipped your... and call yourself the gorilla, yet you hee-haw out here like a jackass. What? I said shut up. You can kiss my ass. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. What? And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets up. back to the bottom line wrestling cast the career of stone cold steve austin this week is episode 59 october of 1999 and we're calling this sledgehammer i was gonna call it no mercy or expect no mercy but the sledgehammer came into play here so which becomes a- iconic yeah becomes iconic for, uh, and i triple h yep and i thought it was an opportune time to pick this as a title and also to give us a music break with the song sledgehammer halfway through this episode ah so. the truth comes out <laughs> yeah i was like oh shit that's a good thing to do yeah sledgehammer <laughs> so you guys will hear that at the break going into the attitude error update but let's just get into it here i'm mike Prue along with jv jv what's going on this week uh nothing it's kind of boring right now no playoff uh, football i know patriots knocked out we do have to say though they got knocked out because we did try to blow past that past Past couple weeks, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we do recognize it. We didn't make it, and also so our Red weird. Sox, Red Sox it's are falling weird. apart. So Alex Cora, yeah. <clears throat> involved in a big scandal. Our manager, he's gone. He got released. So yeah, we were on a high horse for a little bit, but now things are crashing down. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Brady cleared out his suite at Gillette. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it cleared out his suite at Gillette today and finished his move from um, Brookline, Massachusetts to somewhere in Connecticut. Connecticut, yep. So all the people are like uh, out. So he's like 46 or 40. Where he, Brookline was 46 or 48 miles away from Gillette. Where he lives in Connecticut now is 46 or 48 miles away. It's identical away from MetLife Stadium. Ah. So the speculation swirling that the, the Giants might be interested and. Well, here's my speculation. Vince McMahon's going to give him a big-time deal, and he's going to live in Connecticut, and he's going to play one season in the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd be crazy. My tinfoil hat on. My tinfoil hat theories. Nobody really knows how long Belichick's is, Belichick is signed for. Head coach contracts are always um, kind of secretive. They're not as out there as um, player contracts. And his is definitely not out there. They don't ever right. release what his is. So, um, my tin hat foil compare, uh, tin hat conspiracy, tin foil hat conspiracy, is that Belichick is gonna leave for New York, become like the head of fucking football Operation. there, not the coach. Yeah, not the coach because they got the wide receivers coach as their head coach now. He's gonna bring Brady with him, and he's gonna. Fucking... Oh, that's fucking crazy too. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, go back to his roots where he started. Shit. But I root for the Giants at that point. <laughs> fuck no. I'll never. I don't care where the fuck those assholes go. I'm rooting for the Patriots. Because if you don't root for the Patriots, you got to the people. I know. See, you only rooted for them when fucking fan, when they oh. were playing good. It's like, dude, they've been good for like almost 30 years. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. 
Although we did root for him when it was Drew Bledsoe, and so I didn't right, root for him. It just so happened, it's our age. Yeah. That's the fuck? I was a baby. I'm going to fucking root for him in the 80s? Couldn't root for him in the 70s. Wasn't around. Right. Wasn't <laughs> rooting for Steve Grogan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hardly knew the fuck the guy was. Yeah. Although I was rooting for Hulk Hogan. I knew better. I knew, I knew <laughs> enough of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Steve Grogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So anyway, let's get into the wrestling talk here. So we got episode 59 Sledgehammer coming up here. But before we get to that. Let us just bring up again that we have a YouTube channel that you can check out all these episodes on. If you're just so inclined to use YouTube rather than a podcast feed, which I, I listen to some podcasts actually on YouTube rather than going on and putting my headphones on and listening to it on my phone or whatever. Sometimes laying down in bed, I'll just go on the TV, go to the YouTube app and pop on a podcast and listen to it that way. So that's an option there. So all the chronological episodes are available, along with some of the newer watch-alongs. So check us out there. It's the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast on YouTube. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Bottom Line Cast. You can follow me personally, Mike Pru, at MPRU83. And JV is at John Van Damage. And also, JV and I do the Extreme ECW Livecast. And that is on the Book in the Territory, Patreon.com. $5 tier, so you'd have to sign up for Patreon.com and subscribe to the Book in the Territory $5 tier. And you'll get a lot of good content from them, but also more from us when we're covering the early years of ECW, and we are currently in 1993. This week, dropping actually today, is the episodes 33 and 34 from November 23rd and November 30th of 1993, so check that out. It's at Book in the Territory, Patreon. And it's Extreme ECW Livecast, and we have a Twitter for that also. It's at ExtremeCast. With that said, let's go into a little recap of what happened last week. Stone Cold was on the hunt for Triple H. He was hunting game, and I kicked myself in the ass earlier this week when I reconsidered last week's name. <laughs> it was called Hunting Hunter, episode 58, Hunting Hunter. I was like, shit, it should have been Game Hunting. Or hunting game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, Hey, I didn't think of it either. Fuck. <laughs> but I thought the hunting hunter, you know, that sounds, you know, that's uh it goes together. You know, that's a uh, alliteration there, hunting hunter. But hunting game would have made more sense. But, oh well, fuck off. Oh yeah. We missed that <laughs> we missed the boat on that one. Can't go back now. So what happened there is Austin was off in the woods looking for Hunter, or not really looking for Hunter, but he was just shooting some pumpkins and talking to JR about how he's going to get his comeback. And he was supposed to have a match, and the match kind of went to shit. It was going to be him and JR in a tag team match. And that didn't come to real fruition. But where we left off, though, most importantly, is Austin gets Triple H locked in a locker room a shower with a rattlesnake. And the rattlesnake may have bitten Triple H. And Triple H is screaming as the lights go off at the end of that episode of SmackDown. And that's going to bring us to where we are this week, which is October 11th, 1999. And it's going to be Raw 333. This is a big show. A huge show. This is live from the Georgia Dome. And they have 
brought themselves to the WCW battleground, basically. Yeah, this is this is like their biggest venue. Yeah, and they're they're just basically saying. Is this where they here. broke the record with Goldberg? Right. Not, the, yeah. not broke the record. I think they broke a record. It was like the that's where Hogan and Goldberg was, right? Right. And they had the huge crowd there, and which was like a fucking nitro. Wasn't even like yeah, a it was a nitro. You know? Right. It was they right totally before. fucked that up. It was actually right before a big pay per view too, and they had that. <laughs> wow. But here WWF is stepping in. Say no. This is our territory now because at this point WCW is not really competing with the WWF at this point in the Monday Night Wars. It's kind of all kaput. So this is like their I don't know. You'd call it like a parade, I guess. A parade around the country. A parade around the WCW big big towns. <laughs> and who who else but to come out first on this episode than Vince McMahon? So Vince McMahon comes out first, and he's in his glory. He says, it feels good to be here with all of you right here in Atlanta. (laughs) And then he uh, introduces Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Vince had to come out at the top of the show just to kind of rub it into the nose of WCW that these were once all your fans. Now here they are for me, finally. And they didn't really run shows in that area, Atlanta, Georgia, at all, throughout the years. So now they're yeah, just so big sense. that all those fans are there for the WWF and not WCW. So Austin's going to come out here and we'll come out to Vince McMahon's introduction. And we're going to take a listen to what Austin has to say. So check that out and we'll be right back. Austin's walking like a caged lion. Like that rattlesnake about to uncoil and strike. You feel that electricity? For the last two weeks, for the last two months, Stone Cold Steve Austin has been on the sidelines because of one particular asshole. Whoa! And that asshole's name just happens to be Triple H. I got a little message for you, Triple H. Tonight, here in Atlanta, Georgia, Stone Cold Steve Austin is back, you dumb son of a bitch. And that may not bode well for the WWF champion. You know, ever since I've been gone, you come out here, and hell, every week, it seems like you're beating up good old JR. All due respect to JR, the son of a bitch ain't no wrestler. That's then you come out here right. and you put your little rattlesnake in a burlap sack and you beat that son of a bitch up too. Big deal because you ain't scaring Stone Cold Steve Austin none. Nothing scares a rattlesnake. Nothing scares Austin. When I get your ass in this very ring at no mercy, you can rest assured that that WWF title is coming back to Stone Cold Steve Austin and that's all I got to say about that. That's the Sunday on pay-per-view. It's no mercy. And what an event it's going to be. But it's like I said, I am a little pissed off. And I really don't feel like waiting 
tell no mercy. So why don't you bring your little scraggly carcass down to this ring because I got something for you. Wait a minute. He's, he's calling out Triple H right now. You're damn right. That's what Austin's doing. He's calling out Triple H. And about, looks like more than 35,000 people here agreeing with him. I just don't think Triple H is going to show. You can sit back there all you want, but I know your long-haired ass is here, so bring your ass out here. Hunk. All right, so Austin comes out there, and he says that he's been on the sidelines for a while because of one particular asshole, and that asshole's name happens to be Triple H. I got a little message for you, Triple H, tonight here in Atlanta, GA. Stone Cold Steve Austin is back, you dumb son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> so, Austin mentions that Triple H has been coming out and beating him, beating up a uh, good old Jr. So that's been Triple H's big thing. He's he's beating up poor poor Jr., the friend of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then he has a nice little line. He says, "Oh, you put your little rattlesnake in a burlap sack and beat that son of a bitch up too. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't staring. You ain't scaring Stone Cold Steve Austin none." You can rest assured at No Mercy, which is the pay-per-view that's coming up this upcoming Sunday at this point. The WWF Championship is coming back to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's all I got to say about that. So Austin calls out Triple H's scraggly ass. Get your scraggly ass out here because I got something for you. Bring your punk ass out here. And then Triple H music hits. Triple H is going to come out there. He's got his mic, and he's going to cut a promo at the top of the ramp. So let's take a listen to what Triple H has to say in response to Austin. Austin! You know, I hear you out here running your mouth. You hear what they're calling him, JR? Uh oh. I don't know how good you hear it is, but you got about 40,000 people calling you an asshole. What I got is 40,000 people that I don't give a crap if they live or die. Oh, see, that's the kind of human being the champion is. The game. Tells it like it is. This is between me and you. Now, you can come out here, you run your mouth about you want me tonight. Now, I could walk down to that ring, and there is not a retard in this crowd out of 40,000 people that doesn't think I would walk into that ring and rip your ass from one end of Atlanta to the other. I think he would. But, but, seeing as I'm in the driver's seat, Jack, I'm not doing that. Ah. Because Sunday is gonna come soon enough. Austin, you want to tell everybody that I'm not scaring you? I don't need to scare you anymore because I've looked in your eyes and I've seen it. You are scared because you know, you know deep down inside, you know without a shadow of a doubt that Sunday at No Mercy, you can not beat me. Well, we'll find out Sunday, won't we? We'll find out on pay-per-view this Sunday. There's not a son of a bitch here that can beat me. 
because I am the game. That means no one can beat him, JR. But you know what? Just thinking about something, King. Well, I'll tell you why these people better calm down. They'll make Triple H so mad, he'll come down there and beat him right now. You want an asshole, you're gonna get one. I just changed my mind, Jack. Huh? You and me right now. What I tell you, right, what I got? Triple H is stone cold. They're not waiting until no mercy on Sunday. Well, this crowd of 40,000 people have just have just put Stone Cold Steve Austin in the trick bag. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that that Triple H is accepting Austin's challenge. All right, so as Triple H gets out to the ramp, he's going to get a loud audience, one of the biggest audiences to have. Say this to him on a Raw, and that's the asshole chant. So, of course, Stone Cold is going to do his routine, as always. I don't know how good your hearing is, but you got about... <laughs> 40,000 people calling you an asshole. Like clockwork. Yeah, right. But this one is okay because it's 40,000 people. Yeah, this is the time you say it. He's always saying, oh, you got about 15,000 people calling you an asshole. You got about 16,000 people calling you an asshole. So now this one's like, all right, finally, this is the time I should have been using it all along. You got 40,000 people calling you an asshole. So that makes sense here in the George Dome. But then Triple H's response is fucking brutal. Because what I got is about 40,000 people that I don't give a crap about whether or, not, whether or not they live or die. And then he gets even more extreme, and I won't completely say, but I'll give you the gist of it. Triple H says, there's not an R word in the crowd out of 40,000 people. Remember, this is 1999, different times, and this is what was said, and can't be said in today's media. But he says there's not one in the, in the crowd of 40,000 people that doesn't think I would rip your ass from one end to Atlanta to another. And Jerry Lawler slightly says, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it was funny because of how smart Jerry Lawler is and how quick-witted he is, that he is actually calling himself that on purpose as a joke. Yeah, yeah. It's the heel move. <laughs> right. It's a com- like, comedic I'll, role, which I'll, he always I'm one played. of those. <laughs> so that, that was cool for Jerry Lawler's part. Triple H, yeah, he's being extreme here. You know, he says, he continues on, he says, seeing that I'm in the driver's seat, Jack, I'm not going to do that. Sunday will come soon enough. So he's not going to get in the ring with him right now. He's going to see him on Sunday. So Austin looks on intensely. Triple H says, Austin, you can't beat me because I am the game. Then you get the asshole chant again. So he responds, you want an asshole? You're going to get one. I just changed my mind, Jack. You and me right now. So Triple H heads to the ring with his championship. He takes it off and gets in there. Triple H circles the ring. Austin stands strong in the center of the ring. Triple H knocks the headset off of JR and then picks on JR again. JR is going to whack Triple H in the back with a little little desk fan. <laughs> Which, that was pretty funny. It's like, what the fuck is that going to do? A little rinky thing, man. It's a desk fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. 
So Austin is signaling JR to get in the ring. Austin gets Triple H in the ring and stomps him in the corner. Austin holds Triple H so JR can punch him in the stomach. Then China runs down. She tackles JR. She pounds away on him. And Austin comes to make the save. And Austin punches her down, which. All right, she wants to get in the ring. She's She's been in this role for a while, so it's not shocking. Yeah, she's about to win the fucking IC championship right. in a fucking ridiculous fucking gimmick match. Right. So she can yeah. fucking take a punch to the gut by a man. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, not real. <laughs> right, it's not real. Triple H and China back up to the ramp, and Triple H challenges Austin and JR to a match with Triple H and China. He says if he got the balls to do it. So I just got to call myself out because I... <laughs> When I was doing the quick little recap of Hunting Hunter, I was, I thought this match was last week, but it was this week. <laughs> oh, my bad. That's what happens when you watch so much of this wrestling all at once. <laughs> you, make, you mix up when it was. But yeah, so it happens here. Coming up is going to be this tag team match involving Austin and JR against Triple H in China. And they're going to accept it. So Austin asked the crowd... Hell yeah, if they want to see Stone Cold and JR take on Triple H in China. So JR, he's in. He's in a match with Stone Cold for this episode of Raw. Little look on his face, he's kind of like, oh shit, Like, what are you getting me into? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, oh fuck. God damn. No, it's basically just like, I got this. Like, You show up. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, just show up, I'll do all the fighting. So you get a quick little interview. At the one hour and six minute mark with Triple H, it's it's barely a minute. We're not going to play it, but I'll tell, I'll give it a gist of it. Triple H tells Austin he should be concerned with who he's dealing with. There's not going to be anything fun about what happens tonight. And then he he mess he uh he gets in the camera. And he has a message for Jr. Jr. It's going to be a slobberknocker. It's going to be a good piece of business, <laughs> which. I don't recall JR ever saying on commentary. Like, oh, this is going to be a good piece of business. No, like, obviously we've heard Slobberknocker, but that part, no, no. I've never heard him say that. The only thing that I could think that maybe he was getting to was, oh, business is about to pick up. Yeah. That's a JR. Maybe line. that's a line he uses in the back, like, that's with the good. boys. Oh, maybe. In the locker room. Yeah, well, JR is in a big, big position backstage. He's a yep. human relations guy. Maybe like talking about a match, but like, oh, this is a good piece of business that you guys got going on tonight. Yeah, maybe it's fucking. Triple H likes to do that too. Is use things that nobody else knows, and it's yep. only only us fans know now because it's come out twenty years later. But he's using all of that backstage lingo and shit, and all that like dirt cheat shit, right on the show. So that brings us now to the match, what's going to happen a few minutes later at the 1 hour 13 minute mark. And it's Stone Cold Steve Austin and JR versus Triple H in China. Now, like I said in the opening, this is not going to turn out to be that quite of a match. So let's just run down what happens here. JR is going to come out to his Oklahoma fight song music. (laughs) (laughs) And he has his Stone Cold Steve Austin jersey on. But the nice added touch is that JR has wrist tape on. (laughs) He means business. Yeah, he's ready to go. (laughs) Which, now we get to the point which I thought was kind of strange. All right, JR's coming out by himself, 
Triple H and China already made their entrance. So JR is coming out on his own. JR gets down to the ringside area. And then before Austin can make his entrance, Triple H attacks JR. Like, duh, that's what's going to happen. That was a pretty stupid thing. I mean, obviously it was intended, but kayfabe-wise, that would be dumb. Why would you do that? You wouldn't go out without Austin. You'd walk out with Austin to his music. So, anyway, Austin and JR should have known better in that situation. Austin comes down right away. His music hits, and he attacks Triple H, and they fight on the ramp. They do make a point that Austin hasn't competed in a match since SummerSlam because of the injury from Triple H. This was supposed to be his next match. Yeah, so he might be a little rusty here. Right, exactly. And it might not be official. We have that also, so it might not be his, his next match. But what you're going to have here is some fighting on the outside. Austin's going to suplex Triple H on a steel ramp, and Austin gets Triple H back into the ring at that point. You have the lenient ref, the ref that was the one that kind of broke the rules, broke the line of the strike, Jimmy Coderas. He's yep. in on this match. And he's not starting the match officially. He's letting people just do whatever they want because he is that lenient ref. And Austin's going to get Triple H into the ring and then clotheslines him and then tosses him out into the crowd, the huge crowd of the Georgia Dome. And China's in the ring. She's beating on JR. Triple H and Austin continue to battle towards the backstage, and they head up the ramp. But then all of a sudden you get Teddy Long in the ring. <laughs> that gave me a, like, what the hell? What happened to Jimmy Galderas? <laughs> But apparently, be a six-man tag now. <laughs> but what's apparently happened is Jimmy Corderas is following Austin and Triple H through the crowd. So in the ring, Teddy Long's there to deal with China and JR. And Jerry Lawler is funny on commentary here, where he is just excited about JR getting his ass kicked. <laughs> and China's going to try to put a pedigree on JR. And then she tries, then that doesn't happen, but she tries to then get a figure four on him. Then that's where Jeff Jarrett's going to run in and nail China with a toaster. And they have an upcoming match at the pay-per-view, No Mercy, where it's going to be for the IC title in a good housekeeping match. So that's why Jeff Jarrett's here. And Jeff Jarrett calls out Miss Kitty, and she brings out an industrial-sized laundry bin. Jarrett dumps China into that bin and closes the top. So this match hasn't officially started, even though we got two officials there. There's no official bell and nothing has happened. So you got two guys that are off in the crowd. You have one participant tossed into a laundry bin. And then you have Austin and Triple H fighting back into the arena now. And Austin tosses Triple H into a food stand. And he's stuck in like the beer beer stand part of it and Austin tosses him into the ice and Jimmy Calderas follows him and he's making sure you know everything's going okay it's not doing shit but I don't know why he has to follow them <laughs> if if the match hasn't started it's not like it's pinfalls or yeah, anywhere yeah that's a good point there's there's no officiating to do unless I mean it didn't really look like he was like trying to get them into the ring or like to get the match started yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, that could be. That's a good point. 
That's probably what. But it, it didn't do. feel that way. He act. It was he was acting as almost if the match was happening. Yeah. Right. He didn't ring the bell. You just. But that, that's probably a good point. Is that he might be just trying to get them back. Hey guys, come on. Get yeah. Back get some ring. decorum. Right. They're refs now. They're like you know they're coming off a strike. They're feeling a little empowered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Austin's going to grab Triple H by the hair and says, you know, I got I got a friend you're going to want to meet. And Austin walks through the crowd and back to the ring. Triple H lays in. He's just laying there in the ice. So that's the big thing. What's, what's Austin talking about? Who's the friend that he has? So Austin gets to the announce booth, and he's, he's going to give a toast to the crowd. And then Jarrett with China. Is gonna toss her off a loading dock on that laundry bin. So we got a big mess going on there in that match. <laughs> so whole lot going on there. All right. So from here we go backstage, and Triple H is backstage. And hey, I fucked up again. My recap was the shits. My recap was like recapping what happened here on this first episode of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> because this is when the fucking snake bite happens. Oh, man. That's what happens when you don't write what the recap was in the notes. Oh, well. Anyway, go back and listen to episode 58, Hunting Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take a listen to what happens back to... Backstage here with the snake bite. This is happening at the very last minute of Raw prior to going off the air, and then they have an extra attitude segment on the network. But take a listen to what happens here. This is pretty shit. Ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There's Austin! The rattlesnake! Oh, it's Triple H! Triple H ambushing the rattlesnake! Triple H these two meet for the WWF title Sunday, and no mercy. And this brawl's continuing in the back. It's a war, Michael, it's a war! The rattlesnake now, right hands, Triple H. Oh, man. Shake that, you son of a bitch. Wait a minute. What? 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 Why rattlesnake? Rattlesnake! Triple H, face to face with a rattlesnake. That's a rattlesnake. All right, so the guys are backstage now. Triple H attacks Austin, and they're going to go back and forth for a bit. Austin tosses Triple H through a door, and then this is one of the worst Austin lines that I've ever seen. It's, shake that, you son of a bitch. Like a rattlesnake. Shake that, you son of a bitch. Horrible. And then you have the camera showing Triple H looking into the shower. He's getting all scared. (laughs) And then they cut to a rattlesnake that's in the shower. Then Austin shuts the lights, closes the door on Triple H, and then it goes off the air. So you see this rattlesnake, but you can tell that the rattlesnake is separated from Triple H just a little bit. Because when they cut to Triple H looking at the snake, you can faintly see Triple H's reflection. So there was a glass barrier between it. And uh, from... Ah, yeah, I didn't... Damn. Yeah. And from what I also read, or actually listened to, on a podcast, on Bruce Pritchard podcast, he uh, he said that they, 
had practiced doing it, and they had a rattlesnake that strikes. So they had to create something to separate. And they thought they did a good job with like doing all the footage like beforehand, like getting it ready and you know, rehearsing it basically. And then when it came time to do it live, <laughs> they got the reflection. <laughs> so they still ended up fucking it up. But it didn't look that bad. You have to be looking close to see it. And I guess, you know, Vince McMahon noticed it, so he was pissed. <laughs> Not the worst thing, but it did kind of suck. So this that's going to lead us now to one of the worst things with Triple H coming out <laughs> on the next episode of SmackDown, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. But before that, you get a little attitude error or extra attitude celebration with JR and this is cool because they're in Atlanta that's where JR worked for a long time in WCW that's where he lived for a long time so here he is back here in Atlanta with his man Austin they go in the ring they drink some beers and um, there's dog shit in the ring (laughs) because of uh, a rock and the bulldog angle so Austin dumps a bunch of beer on the dog shit and uh, JR heads down to the ring. He grabs a beer and cheers with Austin. They drink up, and that's the end of that. So good shit there. Nice celebration at the end. And Triple H had an encounter with the Rattlesnake. And let's see what happens there on the next night. Taped on October 12, 1999. will air on October 14, 1999. And it's going to be SmackDown Episode 8. From Birmingham, Alabama. So, Triple H is going to come out kind of the straw. Because. Yeah, he's in a bummer. Yeah, big time bummer. He doesn't know if he wants to be a wrestler anymore. But let's hear his shitty acting (laughs) (laughs) for yourself here. We'll be back. Can't believe it. Promise you guys I'll I'll never interrupt you again, man, because. It's probably the last time I'll ever see you guys again. What is, what, what, what's he what, mean by that? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Oh. No. Well, I'm going to tell you something. These people have absolutely no sympathy for, for Triple H. This is, this is bad. Don't worry about it. This is probably the last time you'll ever see this asshole again. Wow. What, is he, what does he mean, Michael? What? I don't, King, I, I don't know what he's you know, saying. I never intended for anything other than to come out here and just be a wrestler, man, you know? Just to live my dream, you know, from the, from the time I can remember, from the time I was a little kid, all I ever wanted to do was be in this ring and to be one of the best in the world. That's all I ever wanted. I never intended to have to live my life as some cheap thrill seeker. 
that came out here and tried to perform for a bunch of sick people Man, that just happening? wanted to come out and see a bunch of guys kill themselves for their entertainment. What, what's he's just he's rambling on here? What's he talking about? I don't know what's happening. That's what this business has come down to, and it's wrong. What's he saying, King? Michael, you're just as good as mine. I just know something is bad wrong with his face. This is not the Triple H that we're used to seeing. I know that. We come out here and we put our lives on the line for you people each and every night, and you could care less. All you care about is if somebody gets hurt. Well, I'm hurt, and I'm sick of it, and I'm done. In the last few days, King, we really haven't heard anything from him. This is the last time you'll ever see me because I'm finished. I, I can't believe this. Oh, my. I, what is? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate your support for me giving you my life. Is he saying he's what, like quitting before I go? That's what it sounded like. I want Vince McMahon to come out here because maybe, maybe Vince, you can look in my eyes and maybe this cannot happen to somebody else. Maybe we can stop this here. So Vince, come out here. Well, you know, we, we've heard very little from Triple H since Monday Night King. And he's now called for the chairman of the world. All right, so the show started off with the New Age Outlaws coming out. They were going to cut a promo, have a match. Then Triple H comes down. He comes out all sad and gloomy. And, you know, his face is all fucked up. It's all... And it's all black and blue and, like, infected. Yeah. I kind of... I guess it's kind of what um, it looks like after you get by bit by anything of poison or venomous. Yeah. So, like, a venomous spider, a venomous um, uh, snake bite, shit like that. Just based on like shit I've seen on like Nat Geo and right. stuff. Like the makeup, as bad as his acting is, the makeup actually isn't that bad of a job. No, I don't think so either. And I think it would be easy for a lot of people to shit on the makeup. But I think I the makeup think so. was okay. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree. Yeah, it's a good blend of you know, the purple and the red and just kind of rugged too. Yeah, it looks you know, and I was like... <clears throat> and I was really paying attention to it because, uh, I don't know, I was trying to see him like, ah, this got to be like, because I know I obviously knew eventually what happened and shit. So I'm like, I wonder, you know, how's it going to hold up? Are there any like flaws in it you can see if you really stare? And there really isn't. No. Yeah, so I. The only shitty part is his acting. <laughs> right. That's the really shitty part. She thinks it's like a Oscar performance or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He says that later. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But. I'm sure there's many of our listeners, too, that would be like, oh, shit, that makeup sucked. But, hey, that's your own opinion, I guess. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I've never worn makeup. So I don't know. And I don't work with makeup. So in my mind, I've seen some very shitty makeup jobs around Halloween. And that was a good one. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, well, yeah. That's true. Hey, and how many people have actually seen you know, legit people like that? that condition right uh, but based no. on what i've seen on like tv it looked pretty like legitimate if anything yeah. yeah like that's what happens like your blood like 
it like causes your blood cells to like um like it causes blood clotting it like thickens right. like the blood cells and all that shit and it's wild so i thought they did a good job it's like yeah. black blue red it's the right colors had like a weird texture you can see on it like the way they used whatever the right. whatever it, the fuck they use for that it's not bad but you know spoiler alert it's gonna get revealed that it didn't happen he didn't get bit he's trying to fuck with stone cold so when we know that it's like all right it wasn't supposed to be real so <laughs> it should have been just enough to try to trick austin and maybe it did maybe it didn't but anyway face is all fucked up he comes out he's gonna give his little sob story that all he wanted to be was a wrestler live his dream you know, be in the ring and be the best in the world i never intended to have to live as a cheap thrill seeker and perform to a bunch of sick people although he's the one for the past few years to suck it suck it yeah i know that, I, th- I thought the same thing i'm like this guy all of a sudden Right, all of a sudden he's, he's he a wants to be degenerate. Bob, he wants to be Bob Backlund all of a sudden and just be this wrestler, <laughs> <laughs> be the world champion. <laughs> Bob Backlund. <laughs> right, he fucking got big because he was telling people to suck it, making dick jokes. That's it. Yeah, but now he's high and mighty. You know, we're, gonna, we're gonna have a snake in here. You had a snake in the building. <laughs> like he's bitching about a fucking snake. It's like, dude, so, you brought a fucking tank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a tank to WCW to your, to your with no intention, yeah. with no intention yeah. to actually do anything there. <laughs> All right, so he's gonna call Vince out because he wants to. He wants Vince to see him, see what happened to him, and what's happened to this business. So let's take a listen to this as Vince McMahon comes out and Triple H whines and bitches to his future father-in-law. We'll be right back. Boston, but look at the, look, look, look at Triple how could you let this happen? How could you let this happen? You have let this business come down to the point where people are going to bringing rattlesnakes, poisonous snakes into a building. We're okay. putting our lives on the line. Oh. Look at me, Vince. Look at my face. Is that what happened? Look at, look at me. Come on. Look at my face. This could be anybody. Did he get bitten? I have given you my body. And I have given you now my face. I have given you my life for this business. And you could care less. Monday night, a rattlesnake, a five foot long, poisonous, deadly snake was brought into the building. And I was put in a position where I had to be face to face with that snake. And it bit me in the face. I want you to see that. Oh my God. If the truck has it, show the clip from Monday. This is what happened. You remember Stone Cold Steve Austin was, I mean, he was pounding Triple H earlier in the evening. Stone Cold has said he wants Triple H to meet a friend of his. Well, Triple H met that friend all right, that deadly rattlesnake. Oh my God. Is that wrestling, Vince? Is that professional wrestling? Is that what I signed up for in this company? You said to me when I came here, 
you said to me, I will give you the opportunity. You have taken every opportunity of my life now away from me by putting me in that position. So I'm telling you now, The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. But I'm telling you now, it's over. I'm done. What? I quit. What? I can't do this anymore. Triple H just said he quit. I, I, I can't believe it. Vince, you screwed yourself. There is going to be no main event Sunday, so all the coins can fall out of your pocket. Because even if I wanted to, Vince, I couldn't come to that building. But I don't want to anymore. This is not fun anymore. It's not what I signed up for. So Sunday, it's off. I am done. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. I don't care. And when Steve Austin gets here, I want Steve Austin to look me in my eyes. I want Steve Austin to see what he's done to me because this is just as much his fault as it is yours. I want him to look in my eyes. I want him to look in my face, Vince. The face that you can't even look at right now. I see him turning away. Everybody's turning away, Vince. I look like a freak. Austin brought the snake to the arena. That's true. When Austin gets here, I want him to look in my eyes, look at my face. I want him to see what he's done, and I will personally put this belt in his hand because obviously it means more than life to Steve Austin so he can have it. Wow. Triple H is saying he's going to hand the belt over to Stone Cold Steve Austin when he gets here tonight. Look at Vince. I don't think he can believe it either. Folks, what a shocking way to kick off SmackDown. All right, so Triple H is going to ask Mr. McMahon, how could you let this happen? How does it get to that point where wrestlers are bringing rattlesnakes to the arena? He's playing it up, trying to make McMahon feel bad. McMahon doesn't give a shit. You can even tell. <laughs> just, yeah, he's trying to act he's like he's listening. the mature, yeah. like, responsible individual right. in WWE at this point. So... Triple H is going to tell McMahon to look at the the video. Same video that didn't show shit. So you would think like, oh, okay, let's see what really happened after the show went off the air. But no, it's the same fucking last 15 seconds that they showed last week. Well, a couple days before on Raw. So nothing new there. Is this what I signed up for in the WWF? This is the hardest thing I've ever had ever had to do in my life. I quit. I quit. I can't take it anymore. My reading of what him saying is just as good as him acting it out. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> how he's saying it. I thought you were trying to inter- I thought you were trying to like uh sound like him actually. <laughs> no, I was just reading it, but I was thinking shit. Yeah, that's pretty much the way it was. He says there's going to be no main event this Sunday. 
Even if I wanted to, I can't come to that building. I can't do this anymore. When Steve Austin comes here, I want him to look in my eyes, see what he's done to me. It's his fault, just as much as it's yours. I want him to look at me. I see you turning away. You, you can't even look at me. I look like a freak. Sometimes his Massachusetts New England accent comes out when he speaks. Yeah, it does. Especially during this promo, I noticed. I will personally put this belt in his hand because apparently it's more important than life. How does he think he's going to make Austin feel bad? <laughs> like by saying that, well, apparently it's more important than life. Well, shut the fuck up. He doesn't care about you. Nope. Why, why, why would you think you'd get the sympathy of Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> he's Stone Cold. That's his whole fucking gimmick. He doesn't care about anybody. Well, he's going to gain the sympathy? Who wrote this shit? See, that's what happens here. After the Vince, Vince Russo leaves, they don't know what the fuck to write. Not to, say, not to say that all his shit was good either. But at least they had some kind of main event picture of what they wanted yeah. to do with, this, with these stories. Maybe he did have some hand in the writing of this book. Suck balls. So anyway, Austin's going to arrive at the building a little later. And we're going to have an incident where China's going to run out of a locker room crying that Triple H can't breathe. He's going to call somebody. Call somebody now. And Triple H gets taken away in a stretcher and gets put out on an ambulance. Now, JV, I did notice. This is just a little aside. A little behind the scenes here. The bottom line wrestling test is that when I when I signed back into the notes, it said that you you made an edit. So I was like, oh, what do you do? What do you edit? And then I got to this part of it where we're talking about the Triple H stretcher, and then it was like all like a a a a a a a a t t t t t t g g g g g. I was like, maybe one of JV's cats jumped up on the keyboard. That is what happened. I didn't notice that he actually hit keys. No, fucking Bo, my main coon. He's always. I don't know why. Not nothing else. Not like I have two keyboards. I have my laptop keyboard. Um, and I have a la- uh, a keyboard hooked up to my laptop separately, and then I have my gaming computer, my desktop. He doesn't sit on the desktop keyboard. He doesn't sit on the keyboard I have hooked up to this laptop, but he sits on the actual laptop keyboard, <laughs> and he won't move. I'll go to move him, and he just goes dead weight, <laughs> but he's always, like, fucking hitting buttons, and I, I didn't notice. I, I looked quickly. And I didn't notice that he had anything, but I guess he typed typed a, uh, a word, uh, a message for you. <laughs> I was like, yep, that had to be a cat jumping up on there. <laughs> yep. That's exactly That's what funny. it was. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So just a few minutes after Triple H gets stretched out, Austin's going to get interviewed by hard-hitting Kevin Kelly. Which is uh, a free, which is a nickname we haven't used in a while. But. Yeah, that's that's an old school now. <laughs> so, Throwback. Yeah. That's like a 2018. We use that one, <laughs> right? All the way back in the uh, what would it be 96 Austin episodes. Check those out in the archive. Bottom line wrestling cast, and also check it out on the new YouTube page. Bottom line wrestling cast. Okay, so Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly's going to ask Austin if he feels bad about Triple H, and what he's going through. So let's take a listen to what Austin has to say. It's about a minute long. We'll be right back. Major story potentially impacting this Sunday's No Mercy. Stone Cold Steve Austin 
I've got to wonder if there isn't a part of you that doesn't feel at least a bit badly as to what happened to Triple H. Badly? You know, if it had been anybody else, I might have felt a little bit bad about it, but the fact of the matter is all the hell that son put me through, I don't feel sorry for him one bit. You know, what surprised me is that the damn rattlesnake didn't end up dying. And as, as far as the rattlesnake goes, how was I know the son going to bite him to begin with? You know, if he wants me to drive down there to the hospital and get the damn belt, well, then it's fine. That's what I'll do. That's not the way I wanted it. But make no mistake about it, when I roll into No Mercy, either I'll go there as a World Wrestling Federation champion, or at that event, I will become the World Wrestling Federation champion. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, so Austin's going to say, maybe if it was somebody else. <laughs> if he, again, if, he's, if he feels bad about what, uh, what happened to Triple H. So Austin says, maybe if it happened to somebody else. But for all the hell he's put me through, I don't feel sorry one bit. That's exactly what you would expect Austin to say. Yeah. So It'd again, be shocking if he said anything different. Right. Yeah, so just stupid on Triple H's part to try to get sympathy from Stone Cold Rattlesnake. Like he gives a fuck. Right. <laughs> like he didn't realize he was putting him in there with a fucking rattlesnake, a poisonous snake. <laughs> right. Now, another funny line here from Austin is, what surprised me is that the rattlesnake didn't end up dying. Now, my immediate thought, and I assume this is what he was thinking with this line, is that Triple H is just so poisonous that the snake should have died from biting him. <laughs> it's a reach. That's what I got from it. Like, well, surprised the rattlesnake didn't die. Yeah, the fucking bit Triple H. Alright, so he said, how did I know the damn rattlesnake would bite? If he wants me to go drive down there and pick up the bell, I'll do that. Alright, so at this at this point, it's uh, it was mentioned earlier in the promo that you listened, but we didn't mention it. Is that Triple H has said he's going to forfeit the title. He's going to give it up to Austin. So, Austin says, yeah, I'll go down there. I'll pick it up. But, you know, it's not the way I want to get it. But make no, no mistake about it. When I roll into No Mercy, I'll go in there as the WWF champion or become the WWF champion. And that's all I got to say about that. So, Austin doesn't really want to get the belt. Just hand it to him like that. But if he has to, that's how he'll do it. And if not, he'll take it from him at No Mercy. Yeah, basically either way, that belt's going to be his is what he's getting at. Right. And then we have one more little clip to play that finishes up this episode of SmackDown and... Let's take a listen to it, and then we'll talk about it right after that. Hey, it's a good look. This is what you did to me, right? This, this, this belt, it doesn't mean my life. It's not worth my life to me. Obviously, it is to you. I'm not one. You're not one. one. This way. You're going to get it this way. Here's the championship. Take it. hope that makes you happy, means more to me than it ever, ever will to you. 
All right, so apparently Triple H is on his way back to the arena. And Triple H is going to arrive in Austin's locker room at the 1 hour 26 minute mark. He's with China, carrying him, all helpless. Then he gets there, he says, you take a look. This is what you did to me. This belt doesn't mean my life. It's not worth my life to me. Obviously, it is to you. So Austin says he doesn't want it this way. Which, that's the thing that Austin should say. That's his character. He doesn't want it that way. Triple H says that's that's how you're going to take it. So China then distracts Austin and says, I hope it makes you happy, Steve. So then at that point, uh, Austin turns his head to China as she's talking. And that's when Triple H takes the opportunity to nail Austin with the belt. And then stomp the shit out of him there. Then Triple H rips off his makeup. Says, you think it would be that easy? You stupid son of a bitch. This title means more to me than it will ever mean to you. You might be right about that. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing, especially considering, you know, his prominence. Right. His career. He's basically and... a very a legit authoritative, and, uh, authoritative figure, an important figure in WWE right now. Right. And he, like currently. Right. And that may have been a huge goal for him in his life. Yep. Above all. Not that Steve Austin didn't want the championship either, but Well, here's the thing. Austin if as far as I don't want to say Austin wasn't passionate wrestling, but he obviously was. But like Triple H wanted to make his life wrestling. Like he wanted to have a career on like the business side. Yeah. Like a big important obviously and that's where he's at now, where Stone Cold's kind of retired and doing other things that he likes to do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, so that's going to bring us now to the big show. It's going to bring us to the pay-per-view that they're building to. So now you have Austin and Triple H ready to go. Triple H is not injured. He was faking it the whole time and trying to get sympathy for no fucking reason. <laughs> like, that did nothing. It was like a one-night one thing. <laughs> Just, I guess, to try to beat him up one more time? I don't know what the whole goal of that was just to sneak attack him and say haha gotcha so anyway Triple H is basically gonna have that haha moment at the beginning of this pay-per-view it's actually gonna be on an interview from Heat I wish we still had Heat to watch but yeah I, I was actually thinking like why didn't we watch you then I remember oh they don't they don't have any more fucking episodes up right we don't have the Heat so luckily they played I wonder why. Well, they just didn't upload all of them yet. Well, they only do so many at a time. Yeah, yeah. Because they like to spread out what they put out there. So, like, one month will be, oh, there's new... uh, There's new... uh, They already have all the Nitros out there, but say, oh, there's new Thunders out this month. Then the next month will be something else new. So, they're just trying to spread things out and release them. Gradually, so there's always a reason to get the network. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if everything's just out there, then you can fucking binge like crazy and be like, all right, I watched everything. I'm done. (laughs) Done with the network. Which is crazy that there are people that probably (laughs) have seen everything. (laughs) Probably are. I mean, actually, I would think it's impossible, but they're trying (laughs) for sure. Yeah. 
Hey, we watched all the damn heats that are on there. <laughs> yep. All right, so let's take a listen to the interview with Triple H from that heat just before the No Mercy 1999 pay-per-view. Take a listen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, earlier tonight we had the opportunity to catch up with Triple H and get his reaction to what he did to Austin on Thursday Night SmackDown. I'm on top of the world. Did you see what happened Thursday night? Did you, did you honest to God see what happened Thursday night? Come on, that was an Oscar-winning performance. You gotta admit it, right? I made you a believer, right? Women were crying in the front row. Women actually believed a snake bit my face right here and, and, and ended my career. You know what happened to that snake? It tried to bite me. Just like rattlesnakes do, they tried to bite you. What I did is I ripped its head off and threw it in the trash, just like I'm gonna tonight. The fact of the matter is, is I pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, including Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, the man with the balls the size of grapefruits, stood in the ring before me and said, I'm so sorry, Triple H, I'm sorry, I didn't know. What a maroon. He's the biggest idiot. He's not the biggest idiot. You know who the biggest idiot is? Austin. Because I walked into that dressing room, I stood face to face with Austin, and I saw the sorrow in his eyes. He looked at my eyes and he felt bad for me, right up until the point I busted him open with the belt and put the boots to him. He's the biggest idiot walking. Well, Triple H, with that said, you angered a lot of people on SmackDown, including the Texas Rattlesnake. Yeah, I angered a lot of people. You don't even get it, do you? You don't have a clue. I can see it right now looking at you. You don't have a clue as to what I'm doing. Think about this. I have made Austin the most pissed off he has ever been in his life. I humiliated him in front of the world. I put him beneath me in front of the world. This is the maddest he has ever been in his life. And sure, he's gonna come out there all full of himself, and he might get a sh few shots in on me, you know? He might give me a little rough time, but the reality of it is when it's said and done, I'm gonna walk out the WWF Championship with it around my waist. All right, so Triple H is going to gloat about how great of a job he did acting. There was even a woman in the crowd crying, which I did notice. It wasn't a woman crying, but they, they did zoom to a girl that was looked concerned. It was maybe like, I would, <laughs> my thought was, this woman probably came to wrestling for the first time with her kid and thinks this guy's serious. <laughs> He's kind of concerned with who he is. Like, oh, and what's going on with this guy? But knows nothing about him. Knows no storyline. So Triple H is proud of himself for making that woman feel bad for him. And Triple H says, you know what happened after I did that? After that snake. I ripped the snake's head off. And threw it in the trash. Just like I will tonight. So Triple H calls McMahon and Austin idiots. And he saw the sorrow in the eyes. And they felt sorry for me. I may have made Austin the most pissed off he's ever been. And it's the maddest he's ever been in his life. Then he goes on to say, I'm sure he will come out all sure of himself. He may even get a few shots at me. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get plenty of fucking shots at you. What do you think? You may get a few shots at me. But I'm going to walk out with this around my waist pointing at the WWF Championship. So there we have the build there on Heat. 
pompous Triple H. But then it continues on. We got more going on here. And this is going to happen during the Mankind Val Venus match. Or just prior to it, actually. The Rock's going to come out and do a promo on No Mercy. And you know, it looks like you know, The Rock already had a match. So The Rock had a match with the Bulldog. We'll talk about that in the Attitude Era update. And he comes out looking like he never even had that match. I guess that's how easy Bulldog was to beat. <laughs> so he cuts a promo. It looks like it's a, a spot to kill some time. But I guess there was a point to it, and that's what I'll get to now, is that The Rock wants his title shot against whoever wins the match between Triple H and Austin. Yep, he's staking his claim as the uh, the next number one contender. Yep. And, and that makes sense because the British Bulldog for the past month has been saying, oh, I want my title shot, I want my title shot. And then he just gets his ass kicked here by The Rock. So he's not the number one contender. The Rock is the number one contender. So The Rock claims it. And once that gauntlet is thrown down, Triple H runs down and attacks The Rock with the sledgehammer. So the sledgehammer makes its appearance here. It's not the first time we've seen the sledgehammer. It was, it was important. Months back, the Triple H, when he first used it, injuring The Rock at SummerSlam, I believe, right? SummerSlam. Yeah, SummerSlam. Not 99, but SummerSlam 98. I think they used the sledgehammer there. So that happens in that spot. And then we get the video package leading to the match. And this is a fucking pretty good video package. Kind of just recaps everything one last time before we get into the match. Um, some shitty music gets played originally. But then there's another song that plays. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> it's called uh, Oh Hell Yeah by H-Blocks. I don't know if... <laughs> I thought it was... I thought this was pretty bad, the song. <laughs> I saw well, that you call out the... Uh, I'll let you finish what you can say. <laughs> well... The first part of it was horrible, so I guess this made up for it. So maybe my my listening was just like I was more soothed by this because of how horrible the opening of this video package was. And then I was like, okay, that wasn't that bad. The rest of the music was better. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Uh, when I saw um, that it was from like an album, I was like, yeah, that doesn't help. This still sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's from the music volume four. And I don't know if this is the music that maybe becomes Austin's music. Because he does get new music when he comes back. I doubt this is it, but... Yeah, because actually the music when he comes back is still kind of like his music. It's just like more rock. Yeah, yep. and this is not it. <laughs> but it's called Oh Hell Yeah. Maybe that's why they played it here in this package. Alright, so take a listen to this little recap and then we'll get into talking about the match. Cripple, cripple, I cripple the rattlesnake. Steve Austin will never, ever be the same again. He is the game. You reap what you sow in this world, Triple H. You've made a lot of enemies, champ, in a very short time. What do you think Austin thinks of me? He thinks you're an ass. Hunter Hearst, I'm the ass hell to pay when I get back. 
Steve Austin wants what's his to meet the winner of the match at Unforgiven. Here we go. WWF title will be decided right here tonight. your ass in this very ring at no mercy with that WWF title is coming back to Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know without a shadow of a doubt at no mercy you A five-foot-long, poisonous, deadly snake was brought into the building, and it bit me in the face. When Austin gets here, I want him to look at my eyes, look at my face. I want him to see what he's done, and I will personally put this belt in his hand because, obviously, it means more than life to Steve Austin so he can have it. Triple H said he is going to quit and forfeit the WWF Championship. There's a championship take it. Hope that makes you happy, Steve. Hey! Oh my god, Triple H! What is this? He's a, he's a, he's attacked Austin! H and every one of you morons! Bust that sappy tearjerker I did out here! You stupid son of a This title means more to me than it ever, ever will to you! Alright, so nice little video wrap up there. Leading up to this match here. It's a WWF Championship match. It's going to be a no-holds-barred match. And they announced that earlier on Heat. That it would be that format of a match. So Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. This match is going to kick off at about 2 hours and 19 minutes. Okay, they're going to have their entrances for a couple of minutes before that. Then the match really gets kicked off at 2 hours and 19 minutes. Triple H heads out to the ring with a sledgehammer. And Vince McMahon is going to come out right away and yank it from Triple H. And Triple H is going to lay him out. And that's when Austin runs down the aisle and attacks Triple H. And that's when the match really gets started. You hear the bell at that point. They're going to fight in the open area, as usual, in an Austin match. So many Austin matches throughout 98, 99. We start in the aisleway, leading to the open area around the entrance. And they take advantage of all the different things around there, like a trash barrel. And the metal railings. And then they even get into the crowd. And Austin's going to drag Triple H through the crowd. And he starts beating on Triple H with someone's crutch in the crowd. <laughs> that was I thought that was pretty cool. And I began to wonder, was that somebody that was planted there with that? Or did Austin actually just take someone's cr crutch and start smashing him with the, with the guy's crutch? And then he gave it back to him. And it seemed like the kid was like, ah, yeah. 
he was generally happy. So I don't think it was an actor. I think it was an actual fan. And I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find shit about it. So, and my Google search wasn't that great. I was like, Austin steals crutch from fan. No mercy, ninety nine. You just get, you just get like, no, no mercy. Dude, you, you got, dude. Google, you got to use uh, DuckDuckGo. Yeah, bro. I saw you posted something about DuckDuckGo. I gotta look into that because I hadn't heard about yeah, it. Yeah, unfiltered. Search results and they don't track if you shit and sell it. Oh, not to check Duck Duck Go. Duck. Well, until someone buys them, or they <laughs> fucking sell their algorithm or something. Until Google buys them. <laughs> yeah, right now they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty like for the people. It'll buy be, the people. Yeah, it'll end up being Duck Duck Google. Duck Duck Google. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'll shut up with that. And move on now to uh, Austin dragging him through the crowd. He, he's going to get back into that open area. And Austin's going to whack him with a boom camera. So it's a camera that's on the stick. Whacks him with that. And that was pretty cool because it was like sliding across. And Triple H is like getting ready for it to swing and hit him. Then he drops to the ground. The one angle they originally showed it from shows that it wasn't even near Triple H. But he dropped. But on another angle, it looked pretty damn good on the replay. So they, huh. yeah, so they continued to go with the replay because it looks like it actually hits them from that angle. So they go on, they they get into the aisle way. Austin's gonna suplex Triple H in the aisle. Austin's gonna straddle Triple H onto the ringside railing, and then clothesline him back into the crowd. And then Austin goes for a pile driver in the crowd, but he gets back body drop on the floor, and I thought it was. I'm always impressed with how they get enough space to do those spots when all the crowd is there. And you get Jim Dotson, which is the Rhino security guard. And he's got people far enough back that Austin can take the back body drop without his feet nailing somebody. Like, they must know the spot that's coming up, the security. That's how much informed they probably are. Yep. So, good little spot there. I mean, it's it's part of the... It's part of the yeah. show. Well-designed production. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, right. It's not some indie it's show. Why they're, world, they're best in class. Exactly. Know? So that he gets that, bi- bi- uh, that back body drop, and Triple H is then going to go for the pedigree. But Austin's going to counter, and he's setting up for a slingshot. So you know, because Austin's done this many times, he's going to slingshot the guy back into the ringside area over the guardrail. Mike Kyoto, the referee, he's standing right behind Austin. He has no clue, apparently, that the slingshot is going to send Triple H right into him. So, that's exactly what happens at the 2 hour 26 minute mark, is that Triple H flies into the ref, sending them both over the railing, back into the ringside area, and that was a hell of a bump for Mike Kyoto to go flying yeah, over well, that. <laughs> I thought the same thing, I'm like, <laughs> damn... I guess he's getting paid extra after the strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah no shit, huh? Right, that was exactly what he was striking about. Was, oh, we're getting hit all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he did a good job. Yeah, that was that was a nice spot. And he's not done bumping around yet either. That's the first one. So Triple H gets Austin back into the ring. The ref is still down, selling it very nicely. Triple H stomps and chokes Austin. Austin gets up and counters with an Irish whip. And then he uh, kicks Triple H in the gut. And then he nails a stunner. So 
pretty early on here. You know, just about seven minutes into the match. Although the, they did spell, spend a hell of a lot of time in the crowd. But here they are now. In there. Back in the ring. You get this stunner already. But there's no ref to make the count. So Austin gets out. Grabs the ring. Bring, uh, gets out of the ring. Grabs the ref rather. And brings him back into the ring. Triple H is up and throws punches. Back and forth with each other. As the ref is hanging on to the ropes. Trying to get up. So the referee is just trying to hang on. He's trying to get back in the ring. Well, so as the ref is hanging on the ropes there, Austin attempts a stunner, but Triple H is going to push him off by kicking him in the ass into the ropes. So Mike Kyoto then goes flying off the apron and then jumps onto the guardrail and hits himself there. So he's out again for sure. And that looked fucking awesome. So an even better bump from Mike Kyoto doing a damn good job. So, as great as a job as Mike Kyoto is doing here, all that led to a shitty situation where now Earl Hebner is going to be the ref. <laughs> so Earl, wow, wow, yeah. wow. You love this part. <laughs> so, meanwhile... This is your hell yeah, is your hell yeah moment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> still, I guess it's still good action. It pissed me off, got me involved in the match. But uh, Triple H hits the pedigree on Austin. And there's no ref there, of course, until Earl Hebner gets there. So that's when jerk-off Earl Hebner makes his appearance. And he runs in and makes the two count. Now, this got me going, though. Because Austin nailed a stunner. No ref to be found. Triple H nails the pedigree. Mm -hmm. Now Earl Hebner runs down from the back. Fucking full sprint. Full sprint. Goes makes a cover, gets the two count, thankfully, you know. And where was he for Austin when Austin needed a cover? You know, but Earl Hebner, you know, he's supposed to be Austin's buddy, but he's not running down there to save Austin's ass. He gave you beers, bro. Right. You were in an extra attitude error segment. Oh, shit. He's been in a bunch of them. He's always like lurking around after the matches on Raw to try to get a beer. So we know you're fucking like right at the fucking curtain. You can't say you like the other end of the fucking stadium. Screw you, Earl. Just trying to leech off the beers. Couldn't even help out your brother there when he needed you. Fucking alcoholic. (laughs) Oh, no beer yet. I'm not fucking going. Fuck that guy. You don't have beer, I'm not going. Yeah. You have beer? No, I ain't coming. (laughs) What about Triple H? I guess there's a plot hole there then. Yeah. Maybe Triple H. Then they try to make up for it here. Where Triple H is not happy about the cover. Or, yeah, he's not happy with Earl Hebner being there, whatever. So, Triple H pushes Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner pushes back. This stupid fucking spot. Where a huge guy just tosses the guy into the ropes. And then he bounces off the ropes. And then pushes the big guy back. And then, like, points at his chest. I'm the referee. I'm the referee. Triple H just said, I don't give a fuck. It's no holds barred match. Anything goes. I'll kick you in the fucking nuts right now. You're out too. But no, they don't do that. Triple H pushes him again. Earl pushes back again. Barking at Triple H. Like I was just saying, Triple H should have just fucked him up. And then got a third ref. But no. Earl stays in there the whole time. And again, that's another situation where Earl's the ref. He's barking around orders like they mean something. This is a no-holds-barred match, man. You don't have authority. 
You just make the cover if it happens. If there's a cover, get on your knees, make a three count. If it's submission, ask the guy to submit. Other than that, don't try to boss me around because I can do whatever I want. It's no holds barred. <clears throat> Earl Hebner. So anyway, we get back to the match. We get back to the action. Austin, while he's dealing with, while Triple H is dealing with Earl, Austin's going to start punching Triple H, and they get back into the action. Austin's going to nail Luthez press and pummels Triple H onto the mat, hits that elbow, and only gets a two count. Austin tosses Triple H over the top rope, and Mike Kyoto is brought to the back as Austin tosses Triple H into the announce table. Triple H is now busted open at this point, and then Austin's going to choke Triple H with JR's headset. And Austin tosses Triple H back into the ring at 2 hours, 31 minutes. Austin pounds on Triple H and then goes for three straight covers in a row. I thought that was a great spot. He just kept going for it. I need to get this yep. win. I need to get this win. So he kept going for that cover. Then Austin's going to toss Triple H back, on, back out of the ring. Once again, he's just tossing him in and out. And Austin slams Triple H into the steel steps. Then he's going to whip him into the steel steps. So Austin's been in control for most of this match. And Austin's going to choke Triple H again. Triple H breaks it by hitting Austin with the ring bell. And then he nails him again one more time with the ring bell. And then JR has his quote of the night. Ding dong, the rattlesnake may be dead. <laughs> so stupid. So he says that there. Triple H takes Austin. He's going to suplex him into the Spanish announce table at that point. And Triple H then grabs Austin, tosses him back in the ring. He's going to stomp him in the corner, chokes him down with his foot. And then Austin will kind of make a comeback and exchange punches. Triple H is going to attack the knee. And that's the same knee, of course, that was attacked at SummerSlam. And Triple H slams the knee into the corner post. So great callback to what happened at SummerSlam, which is the last time Austin had an official match. So very bright to bring that up again. Triple H continues to work that knee. And he's going to attempt the figure four, but Austin's going to push off. And Triple H is able to knock Austin down again. And I like this. That's this kind of what made this match good is how like um, strategical and surgical he's trying to be in attempting to win the match, like focusing on the vulnerabilities of... Right, right. Once he got to the point where Austin was kind of weak, then he knew, like, all right, I can work on the knee because I've slowed him down. So now I can really... Yeah, yeah. The... knock some of the wind out of him. Right. You know. So, yeah, it's, it's a well-paced match. Match, um, you know, the first part of the match was fighting through the crowd and all that wild brawling. You know, and then in the second part there, you have you have the fighting in the ring and then you have the mishaps with the ref. You know, they both hit their finishes, but nobody to make the cover. And now we're getting to this point where they're starting to get winded here and Triple H is working on the knee. And JV, when we talked about it a little early, you said the crowd is really what's making this match oh. stay alive. Oh, yeah. Not stay alive because it's a good match regardless. But when the when the crowd when the crowd can stay engaged the whole time, it it, it can really take a match to another level because that it creates like the the aura. It create it, it it it's like the icing on the cake for the environment. Yeah, definitely. All right. So did you, did you feel that same way about the crowd? Yeah. Oh, it was a great crowd. Super excited crowd, and yeah, they they just keep you going, and it, it's like you said, it's a it's a great match in general. It's just the crowd is just keeping it going, and 
even in the lulls of it all, the crowd is still interested and that keeps you interested too because there's never that point where you're being influenced by the crowd to think that it's not any good. Yeah. Yeah. Just yep. they're just keeping you up, hyping you up throughout it all. And of course JR and Jerry Law's commentary is good throughout it too, which always helps. Alright, so let's get back now to trying to the like the wrap up here. Triple H is gonna climb the rope at two uh two hours thirty nine minutes, so we're getting close to the end here. Uh Austin's gonna go up there and give a series of knife edge chops on the top turnbuckle. Austin's gonna climb to the second rope. He's gonna suplex Triple H off of the top rope. Triple H is gonna kick out at two and a half here at the spot. Triple H and Austin grab the steel chair and they're gonna start to fight over it. And this is really getting us to the end here. Austin kicks Triple H in the gut and whacks him in the head with the chair. Solid hit to the head. And remember, Triple H is already busted open at this point. And Austin's going to beat on Triple H with that chair. He's going wild. So this was awesome. This was one of my favorite parts of the match where Austin is just like reckless abandonment. He's taking that chair. He's just going to whack the shit out of Triple H for what he did to him at SummerSlam. Putting him out for a while. And JR is going big time on commentary here and reminding the audience that this happened at SummerSlam. So that's a great spot. That's at two hours and 40 minutes on the show. Triple H is going to hit a low blow on Austin to break up this barrage of chairs. And Austin drops the chair. He actually falls onto it, but he still has a hold of the chair. But at two hours and 41 minutes, you're going to get the rock heading out. He's all bandaged up. He's walking out with the sledgehammer. Sledgehammer that Triple H may have attacked him with. I guess he grabbed it from the back where it was left when Vince McMahon took it from him at the top of this match. So The Rock has it here. The Rock enters the ring. He swings it at Triple H, but Triple H ducks and hits Austin in the knee, I believe. In the knee or the gut. Couldn't exactly tell. But Austin gets hit with it instead. The Rock nails Austin with that. So, cool spot. Nice spot. And it also gets The Rock now involved. Yeah, he, he made it he made it noted that whoever wins this match, I'm, I'm the number one contender. But now, you have kind of a situation where, all right, well, Triple H is likely going to win this now here. But Austin's going to be pissed at The Rock now, too. Yep. For fucking with his match. So not- Which, it's, it's really good timing. Um... Because the Triple H and Stone Cold stuff was kind of, has kind of run its course. Yeah, I believe so, too. But what's interesting is the whole... Because Rock right now, I forget, if I'm not mistaken, he's the tag team champion. Right, they just got the titles back. Reluctantly, he didn't want to be tag champs again. No, no, he uh, definitely didn't. He, def- he thought it was their last match and all that. But So at this point, he's still a tag team champion. So he's technically involved in like... Two different, two different, two different titles, yeah. title cards, really. Right, yeah. and then you got Mick Foley involved, who's another one of their tier one guys. So he'll be getting involved in this, I'd imagine. So I forget, but I'm pretty sure he does. Right, he does um, by default. Yep. So yeah, so they're gonna have a lot of different angles to go with after this point. So just to wrap up the match, Triple H is gonna pedigree the Rock on a steel chair. And then Triple H turns Austin over for the cover. So Austin is still injured from the sledgehammer shot. And 
Triple H is going to make the cover, and you get the three count, and he retains the WWF Championship. I thought Triple H should have at least given him a pedigree and not just be the sledgehammer shot. Maybe the sledgehammer shot. You know, Austin, maybe after the after the Rock one, maybe Austin would be getting up a little bit and then get nailed with the pedigree and then finish the match there that way. But no big deal there. Still very good match overall. Um, in the post-match part of it, I will have to say, like, just kind of covered. They're building up to an angle here. They're building up to a three-way Rock, Austin, Triple H. But the problem is going to be is that Austin is going to be out of the picture. So if Austin wasn't going to be injured, they, we probably would have had Rock, Austin at WrestleMania 2000 rather than WrestleMania X7 a year later. Yeah, no, that for sure. So a lot of things are going to change from this point on, basically, because Austin is going to be out of the picture. So that, that will allow Mankind to get back in the picture. That will allow Big Show to be a big part of the picture here, too. So we'll get into a little of that but as time goes on. Let's see what actually happened in Austin's absence in the weeks to come. But uh, leading to the match, at the end of that match, rather, Austin runs out after Triple H, and they're going to fight to the backstage area. And China's going to help Triple H get into a limo, and Austin's going to dive at the limo and fall to the ground. And that's when the show goes off the air. So Triple H escapes again with that WWF championship, and Austin's pissed off. He's pissed off at Triple H, and he's going to be pissed off at The Rock for sure. So we'll see what happens there next week. But before we move on to our Attitude Era update, JV, what do you got for a skull rating on this match? Um, I had to go for... Uh, I was going to go four and a half, but I, I got to go four. Okay. Yeah, I, I go, I'm going four, too. Four and a half would be too generous, I think, because of other matches yeah. that we've seen. that. But I was pretty time. hyped watching it. I don't know. I was in a good mood. Yep. Yeah, We've watched a lot of, like, not-so-good matches lately. Right, and we've watched... Not a lot of matches lately, too. So, yeah, and this was a good one, especially so it, was, it was good to see, especially being that it was Triple H, too, that we haven't been so high on really. And Triple H showed up here, performed as a main eventer. For I think for you, it would probably be the first time you think he did a main event quality match, yeah, absolutely. So, yep, good match here, good storytelling. Uh, I like. The Rock being added to the finish there, that's going to add to an angle. And th that angle could even carry over to when Austin comes back, leading to his WrestleMania X7 match, too. So they can, they can hold off and use that down the road, too. So all-around good match. This would be a fun match to do on a watch-along, I think, one day. So if we ever get in a jam, this could be one we have on the back burner, too. All right, let's just yeah. do a watch-along for this, and you know, that'll cover us for the week if we ever get into a situation like that. But I also want to put it on to our poll because just in two months from now, it's going to be 316 day, March 16th. And what we did last year was we did a watch along special edition for that day and released on that day. So we'll, we'll do that again. And this is one of the matches I'd like to put on the poll. Let's see if, see if the uh, listeners out there want to have this watch along. And I think I want to put some of the old ones on there, too. Another one I had in mind was to do the 1996 Royal Rumble. That's the only Austin Rumble that we didn't do a watch-along for. That's when he was the ringmaster. Oh. 
but it would still be fun just to do it and see him along with you know, a bunch of other people from 1996 in a Royal Rumble. So, I'll get to that. I might even post it within the next month. I'm not going to wait. I want to. Yeah, just get it out yeah, there. Get it out yeah. there and then know what we Retweet have to do. Retweet it a few times. Yeah. yeah. Then know what, you know, just have it ready to go for 316 day. All right. So, anyway, guys, we're going to take a little break. Uh, during our break, you're going to hear from our boys at Talk Taker and also got that special Sledgehammer song from Peter Gabriel. So, that'll be playing during the break. And then we'll be right back after that with the Attitude Era update and just kind of run through what's going on. During that week leading up to No Mercy and also some of the results of what happened at No Mercy also. Alright, so we'll be right back. I can't 
What's up, Stone Gold fans? This is Alex Dorio, one of the hosts of Talking Taker. And along with my co-host and fellow creature of the night, Travis White, we are digging up the career of the dead man, one pay-per-view match at a time, on a podcast journey that's a lot like what you're listening to right now on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. So if you're enjoying what Mike and JV are doing here, going through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, come check us out as we explore the Undertaker's three decades of destruction. We're right in the midst of the Biker Taker era right now, so you can jump right in or start over from the beginning and hear us discuss the Undertaker's side of the story from his many battles with the Rattlesnake, The Rock, Mankind, and more. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, and more. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Talking Taker. Thanks to Mike and JV for letting us plug the show, and take her easy. What? I said, take her easy. And we're back after some Peter Gabriel sledgehammer action. <laughs> and hearing from our boys, Alex, Dorio, and not Travis, but <laughs> they're both from Talking Taker. And then here we are back now with our Attitude Era update. And we're covering October 7th through the 17th up to No Mercy of 1999. And we're going to get right into it. And our... Big storyline going on outside of Austin and the world title scene is the Rock and Sock connection. Which is probably more... Yeah, this this is the most memorable thing that's going on. This whole shit going on is the most entertaining part of television. I remember it then, too. It was just like, oh, Rock and Mankind are fucking gold. It was awesome. So let's run through some things that happened on Raw 333. From October 11th of 1999, he's going to have Mankind be interviewed. And Mankind's going to explain that he may have hit the rock with the steel chair on purpose. And this is going back to the previous week when Mankind hit the rock with the steel chair by accident. But here he's saying maybe he did it on purpose because of all the snide remarks that the rock is making about Mankind. Mankind might be trying to stick up for himself a little bit here. I'm not going to put up with all that. Maybe I did it on purpose. And he says he wants commitment from The Rock. And now it's time to put up or shut up. But also within this Rock and Sock Connection storyline, we got the British Bulldog involved. The British Bulldog. I'm going to be the WWE champion whether I like it or not. So backstage, 
Yeah, Does he say? Because I, I was thinking about that. Because I didn't go back and I listened to it, but as I was listening, it sounded like he doesn't even say W. He just says champion. He might just say champion. I, I was just ma- I was just making a joke anyway because that line that I said, whether I like it or not, goes back to um, at SummerSlam 1992, where they're <laughs> oh yeah, the kid, yeah, yeah the yeah. kid. Chris yeah. Bulldog's gonna win whether he likes he it or like not. It. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's funny you remember that, too. Awesome. All right, so Bulldog says uh, he has no idea why all these Bulldogs are backstage shitting all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go go on further, and you got Mankind in The Rock. And this is damn funny, I think, is uh, JR's on the phone with The Rock. And Mankind is backstage waiting for The Rock. The Rock is in his limo. He's going to be there soon. Actually, no, that's not the one I thought was funny. Whatever the fuck. Anyway, so the Rock, <laughs> <laughs> Rock's on the phone, and Mankind's backstage waiting for him, and Val Venus and Bulldog are going to attack Mankind while Mankind's waiting for The Rock. And then we get The Rock. He's backstage. He's going to cut a great promo as usual. Rock says... This is the one with Kevin Kelly, right? When he's got uh, a silk shirt on, or is this before that? I think that's before. Pretty sure. It could have been, but I didn't notice Kevin Kelly, <laughs> so I didn't write anything about yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, The Rock says he wipes his ass with how Mankind feels about the Rock and Sock connection. Rock does his usual routine, gets the crowd pumped. He says they're in Rock Lana, so this is the one that's in Georgia. Bulldog is nothing to him, and he brought in some mascots. He brought in some Georgia Bulldogs, so that's why the Bulldogs are there. The Rock brought the Georgia Bulldogs in. And then The Rock does this thing that he hasn't done in a while. He does his impersonations of Flair, Macho Man, Hogan. Then he says, no, 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 this is it. And then he cuts his his own catchphrase. And then Vince is going to come in. And Vince is going to tell Mankind and The Rock, you're going to have a match. You're going to have a match against Bulldog and Val Venus. And then Rock says, okay, fine, we'll do it. And... He says, we're going to win this one for the scooper. So there's going to be a pooper scoop. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting into the shit here. And The Rock is going to make Mankind pick up some dog shit, apparently. Yeah. So, was it like a shovel he's got? Yeah, it gives him some... Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, like the pla- little plastic shovel thing. And uh, the <laughs> Mankind goes into the dog cage and he picks up all the dog shit and then they just stack it onto a tray big ass tray full of shit and uh from listening to um bruce pritchard talk about this apparently it wasn't real dog shit it says there was there could have been plenty of dog shit from those dogs but it wasn't real dog shit that was in the scenes it was created dog shit made up of like outrageous bars and different candy bars mixed with like some grass and shit like that. Yeah, because there's grass in it. I was <laughs> thinking, like, is that actual like dog shit? So yeah, so they made a bunch of shit. It's a way to cut corners, right? It's fucking cheap. <laughs> yeah, free. Take a walk around the park. <laughs> yeah, just pick up some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, they could have had people just take shits. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of wrestlers that used to. uh Shit in people's bags, like Xbox. <laughs> Should have got him to do some shit. 
Some doo-doo. <laughs> Die from shit. Human shit. <laughs> All right, so Mankind heads to the ring. He comes out with that tray full of shit. Or candy. Who knows? <laughs> Still gross nonetheless when you look at it. Ugh. So anyway, uh, The Rock and Val are pretty damn good in this match, I have to say. Val's good. Yeah. We know The Rock's great. Right. But Val's, Val's legit. Val's a star. Just Yeah, I can't believe he didn't take off. He's just limited because of the gimmick. We said it, I, I'm pretty sure I said it last episode, too. You did. You did. Yeah. If not last episode, you, you said it before about him. He, he just has all the all of it. It's just that gimmick. You can't he move can talk. He it. has punchlines. He's he seems fresh every time. You know, even though right. it's his, it's it's in his gimmick, his character, he still seems fresh. Like he's always got the good sexual innuendos, which yep. always work. Yep. Yeah, I would have. I don't know. It's a guy. Uh, if I if I like judge wrestling like I do now as an adult, or like I did ten years ago as an adult. Where it's like, oh, he's going to be the next up and coming style. He would have been like that next year. Like, all right, Triple H is over now. And yep. like, Valvinus would have been on my list as one of the next guys. He'd be a high draft pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know at the time that's what I thought. I thought this guy. Same here. He's got it. He's it. Everyone what knows, too. He's got a. Yeah, and he's got a punchline that's stunk. That, that is, you know, stuck forever. Right. Hello, ladies. Like, right. pe- Either way, he's remembered. Associated with him. Hey. He's remembered, the, he's remembered to this day for it. So the. With that yep. said, he needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Fuck yes, he does. He, yes, he's he got it. So there's been plenty of other people from this era. There's been plenty of people from before this era that are in there. He needs to be in there too. I don't know if he's has if he has any issues with WWE. I don't know. I don't know if he's involved in any of the lawsuits or anything at all. If he's it not, then he needs to be in. Or maybe he's not because of uh, Weed's still like, uh, they're still a family brand, WWE. Mm. And Weed's still frowned upon. And I'm pretty sure Val Venus is like a big, big into um, the legal and recreational yeah. marijuana scene. So, Well, maybe they just don't want to bring him in now because his whole gimmick is the Pawn Star. Yeah. So, to have. That's true. Yeah, so if, if they were going to have him be on the show, then he wouldn't, like on the Hall of Fame show, then he wouldn't be able to do his jokes and shit. I would just fucking hate society. One of the reasons why I fucking hate people. You can't say anything around them. Everyone's so fucking Certain sensitive. People, right. Certain but here's people. the thing it's the people with the smallest voice that are the loudest, though. Right. Like, they're the fucking minority. The people that are like bitches. Social justice warriors and all these fucking assholes—they're legit. The, the minority—that's not the majority of people, right? But it's always the minority that somehow has the fucking largest voice. Not the minority in terms of, right? Obviously, right. not skin yeah. color, race, right. and shit. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. like the minority as far as that opinion. The people that are bitches in, uh, are minorities. In belief on that that particular social, like fucking right. just social dumb justice. social issues. Yeah. yeah. I'm not talking racism and all that. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's fucking different. You yeah, cutting apples I'm and just oranges, there, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, know, I know that. Like you're talking about like fucking porn, porn. Fucking, he's a porn character. What's right. the big fucking deal? Yeah. Like everyone watches porn. People that fucking hate it watch porn. <laughs> right. People that lie. <laughs> yeah. Like get the fuck out of here. 
or you hate it. It's like, what? what's so fucking bad about it? You do it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You might learn something. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Or it might prevent you from cheating. Yeah, because it's fucking <laughs> private parts and shit. Fucking, we all have them. If you didn't fucking teach kids at such a young age that it was like a fucking bad thing to talk about, then people wouldn't be so fucking retarded. Shouldn't yeah. use that word. We'll we'll have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> but people wouldn't be so sensitive to it, you know? Right. It's like you can't talk about that. Like, you can't even talk about fuck, fucking uh, like sexual health in school. Like it's crazy. Yeah, you should be able to. I don't know what the problem is. That. All right, so anyway. Anyhow, enough of that rant. <laughs> Let's get back to this bulldog and Venus, Rock and Mankind. So, like, yeah, what we were getting to there anyway is that, you know, Val, Venus, and The Rock, that's some good chemistry in there. And we've seen it before in the match that they had, and we're seeing it here again. So, big spot, though, is uh, Rain, uh, Mankind goes for Mr. Rocco down Val, Venus's trunks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which he called him out on on last week's episode. Yeah, he's like, yeah, right. he wanted him. He's like, I want that, Mister Rocco. I'm gonna go down your pants. So Bulldog knocks Mankind down. They have a fight outside of the ring. Val hits the Rock with the chair. Mankind chases Val with Mister Sacco. They run up to the ramp, so they're gone. Rock and Bulldog continue to go at it. The Rock's gonna grab the tray of dog shit, puts it in the center of the ring. Bulldog gets rock bottom into the dog shit. And Hebner is selling it, holding his nose. <laughs> Maybe a, one good thing there with Hebner. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he didn't go in and grab a Nutrageous. <laughs> uh, that would have been funny. Uh, the Rock starts the uh, people's elbow, but doesn't do it because he knows that the way he's going to land, he'd get shit on him. So on he the stops. Shit, yeah. <laughs> so there's no finish to this match, and The Rock walks off as his music plays. So. Pretty cool spot there. And then on SmackDown, the Rock and Sock story continues on with Mankind and Vince McMahon. And Mankind wants Vince to give him another match with The Rock as his tag team partner. And Vince says, all right, I'll do it. But I'm pretty sure The Rock doesn't want to be a partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fine. The Rock's pissed. He doesn't want to be a partner. You guys make money, but. Yep. And I love, I love how Mankind goes running to Rock later. He's like, oh, uh, you know, Vince said we should be partners again. <laughs> He's like, you said that? I don't believe it. And then uh, Stevie Richards, is um, he's trying to be Mankind's friend. So it's funny, the dynamic. It's like, Mankind's trying to be Rock's friend. <laughs> and, and Stevie Richards is trying to be Mankind's friend. And Mankind's giving Stevie Richards the Rock treatment that the Rock's giving him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> Oh, that's great. So, also, meanwhile, Stevie Richards is pretending to be Dude Love. That's his gimmick right now. Is he's the new Dude Love. And Mankind's like, okay, yeah, you can do that, fine. And actually, he's not that bad about, like, hey, don't, you can't be my gimmick. Whereas The Rock is like, stop using my lines. Stop trying to steal my gimmicks. Yeah, Man- definitely different approach. Right. Mankind's a little nicer, but... He's still like, you're not my best friend. The Rock's my best friend. <laughs> so you have that going on. Um, Mankind. I think Mankind, though, he's supposed to be mad. He should be mad at The Rock. And this should be building to a Rock-Mankind feud, right? Yep. You would think? 
big blow off. Like, all right, mankind's not going to take it anymore. He's going to turn on the rock because the rock's throwing his gifts away and just leading him along. He's a complete dickhead. Right, he's just an asshole to him. So this should make mankind. It's like this guy go, looks up to him. Right. You know, putting him on a pedestal, just trying to be a good friend. Yep. It's very courteous, nice, treats Rock with respect, especially like just Rock just like fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, you, you get a match though. You get Val Venus against Stevie Richards, Do Love, and Do Love gets that match, and he asks he asks for uh, Mankind's blessing at first, and Mankind's like, "All right, fine. Val Venus gonna kick your ass, but." Fine, go ahead, do it. So, Val Venus wins easily with the money shot. And after the match, he puts Mr. Rocco on and then grabs Stevie Richards' balls and squeezes them down to the mat. So, hey, back in 1999, he's squeezing balls and dicks. Not unlike today, 2020, with Joey Ryan and people squeezing his balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the difference is, the balls aren't doing a suplex. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that Joey Ryan shit don't bother me. People get so fucking bent up. I know. Yep. Like, dude, it's entertainment. It's on the indie fucking scene, dude. Right. It's not mainstream. Even if it was mainstream, who gives a fuck? If it's entertaining, it's, I don't know. I think it's entertaining. It's probably played out now. If it was yeah. on TV, it wouldn't be as good because it'd be played out. You'd see it all the time. Yeah. Well, whereas in indie shows, it's like you look forward to it. It's like, all right, he's gonna be here. Yeah, there's that one spot. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, if he was in our hometown or whatever, he's at the show. All right, fuck it, whatever. See the damn thing. It's just fucking wrestling. But <laughs> there's been plenty of other stupid shit, and we're talking about some of it. You know, Bulldog just got slammed into a pile of shit, dog shit, with bulldogs, and now we had it just here. Valvina squeezing Stevie Richards' dick and his balls with the sock that has the rock on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what gives? Yeah. All right, anyway. Uh, British Bulldog bitches about Triple H being too sick to defend his title. He wants a title shot. And he's sick of the brown of a bull crap. And he's, he says he's one step closer to that title shot. And... In the main event here on the SmackDown, you're going to get the New Age Outlaws against the Rock and Sock Connection. The Rock didn't know he was going for the titles, but Mankind did. And Mankind was all excited, like, yeah, we're going to get the titles back. And this was something that, obviously, the Rock didn't want. He's like, okay, we'll do one more match. But if we won this match, now they're going to be the champs together again. So, reluctantly, he's the tag team partner. And ultimately, they're going to win. Tag team titles back. The Rock looks pissed that they're the champions again. And the Rock and Sock connection lives on. But the thing that I thought was stupid about this is that the New Age Outlaws have a match with the Hollies at No Mercy, which was meant to be a tag team title match for the Hollies. But the Hollies are the ones that caused Mankind and the Rock to win this match when Crash Holly attacks Billy Gunn with the baseball bat, misses and hits Mankind instead. So Hardcore hits Gun with a title. Then Mankind, injured, falls on to Billy Gunn and gets the win. So the Crash, the Hollies, rather, 
just screwed themselves out of a title shot at No Mercy because the way Jalos are no longer the champs. And then we're stuck with at No Mercy a meaningless match, New Age Outlaws versus the Hollies. <laughs> no title on the line. And then we get to No Mercy. At No Mercy, you get the Rock versus British Bulldog. Shitty match. Ugh, shitty match. Anyway, so well, it's the British Bulldogs. So. Right, it's the Bulldog. Rock does his best, of course. Um, you're gonna get a power slam. And the rocks too close to the rope, so British Bulldog attempts another one in the center of the ring. He's gonna break that. He's gonna he's gonna end up with the the rock bottom. He's gonna counter get the rock bottom in the center of the ring instead. He gets the win there. And this would I think this is the end of the Bulldog at this point. Because Bulldog's gonna go back into rehab and it's not gonna. It's not gonna work out for him after this. So pretty much, the idea that the WWF had was that if you can't work with The Rock, well, you can't work with anybody. <laughs> so, so we're gonna move on. They tried to push him big, coming back and be right in that picture, but didn't work out. Said, all right, that's it. We'll help you out rehab, and that's it for you. Then also at No Mercy's Mankind versus Val Venus. And Val Venus is going to miss the money shot at the end of the match. He's going to get nailed with double arm DDT. And they're both down for the count. They both get their socks out. And when he misses the money shot, that sucks. What do you mean it sucks? Like it sucks for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think fuck. any wrestler that misses like a high risk move like that. Yeah, depending like, on it, how it, the it, ring is. Yeah, and they kind of do it like frequently. They do. If you're a heel, because you're right. losing a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, belly flop to the middle of the ring. So we get this spot where it's the mandible claw versus the testicular claw. Mankind falls on his back and Venus falls on Mankind. And they get the win. They're holding each other's balls. Okay, so back to the balls. So Actually, no. <laughs> Sorry. Mankind has the claw in the mouth. <laughs> This sounds like porn. Mankind has yeah, the claw on the mouth. Yeah, this sounds like Pornhub. <laughs> and Val Venus has the claw on the balls. And they're both getting weaker and weaker. And they collapse, but Mankind is the one that takes the loss here. So Mankind falls to the mat. Val Venus falls too, but falls on Mankind. Gets the three count. And Val Venus gets a win over Mankind here. Pretty cool of Mankind to take a loss to Val Venus. Obviously. Given the situation, <laughs> you know, it's not like a legit mm-hmm. win, but it's a, it's a win nonetheless, and it's a, it's a gimmicky ending there. And this is all happening also, meanwhile, at the same time that Mankind's book has just come out. His life story up to this point. And because of this being mentioned so many times, I ordered the book on Amazon and I got it in the mail today. <laughs> and I hadn't read it. I know how good it is, and I've seen uh, well many of the documentaries that cover so much of the information that's in it. But I'm gonna read the damn book. So I got that. 
after all these years. It always feels good to read a book. Yeah. I'm reading the uh, Edward Snowden book right now, like halfway through. Oh, cool. The book, after you read a book, you just kind of feel like it's different. You accomplish something. <laughs> yeah, it's different than reading it online. It's just, it's fucking, it's fucked up. I don't know. I think it's just because of how strenuous it was to read a book as a fucking kid. You hated doing it. <laughs> yeah. And then when you did do it, it was like, oh, what a fucking relief. I actually read a fucking book. Like, it's the most accomplishing feat in the fucking planet. I enjoy reading books. There's just not enough time to sit down. It's just all the distractions yeah. where. I think my issue was, not to get into psychology fucking analysis here of me, but as a kid, is like, I had to read shit I didn't fucking have any interest in. So I just yeah. naturally, they just, well, he doesn't like to read. It's like, no, I just don't like reading this shit. Now I'm an adult. I'm like, ah, oh, fucking. It's plenty of shit. You if like, I buy no. a book, I'm reading it. Right. <laughs> yep. They're just trying to teach us different things. <laughs> we didn't want to learn anything. <laughs> yep. All right. So now we move on to the next part of the Attitude Era update. And that's the tag team title scene. So, you know, that was kind of pretty much a tag team title scene. We got New Age Outlaws had won the titles. And now the Rock and Sock Connection won them off. But there were some other things going on. So let me just briefly run down some of the other things going on. Yeah, the New Age Outlaws and the Hollies having a little feud going on with each other at this point. And also you have Kane and X-Pac having their ongoing troubles, their bromance with each other. And they're having these arguments about, don't come out and help me. And, like, for instance, X-Pac told Kane not to come out and help him while he got destroyed by the Acolytes. And then when Kane does make the save, X-Pac's pushed at him. The next week, or the next episode on SmackDown, from October 14th, Kane does the same thing. He says, don't help me. I'm going out there on my own. He goes up against the Acolytes. They get the win on Kane. X-Pac runs in with the chair to clear the ring to help Kane. Kane doesn't look happy about that either. So that story is still going on. Then at No Mercy, you go to the pay-per-view. It's a Four Corners elimination match. Xbox Kane versus Farouk and Bradshaw. And obviously it's Farouk and Bradshaw going to help each other out here against Kane and Xbox. But it's a, it's a singles match. But it's elimination style. Kane is going to eliminate Bradshaw. Xbox actually eliminates Kane. Kane can't believe it. He comes down. And then the match comes down to X-Pac and Farouk, rather. And X-Pac gets the win with an X-Factor. A shitty-ass X-Factor on Farouk, too. So I missed this match. It was that bad? Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. But, you know, the surprising thing was there is that, well, I guess surprising thing, what they're building to is that X-Pac pinned Kane. Oh, my God. So that was the big deal in that match. Also, within this tag team title scene, At No Mercy was that non-title match because the New Age Outlaws just lost the title, so now he just got stuck with this match. Outlaws versus the Holly Cousins. And there was really nothing more to say about this because the Holly screwed themselves out of a chance at a title. And so this is just basically a grudge match. Ref calls for a DQ after Gunn hits the Famouser on a steel chair. Hardcore Holly slid the chair into the ring at the right timing. Billy Gunn grabbed it and did a famouser. 
in the refs who some refs at this point are being very strict with DQs nailed them with the DQ. So it ended that way. Didn't really matter because there's no title on the line and the way outlaws mean nothing now at this point. But then we get to the real good tag team shit. And that's the continuation of the TIT series. Terry Invitational Tournament or Tag Team Series. Whatever it's called. And on Raw 333 from October 11th, it's match number four between Edge and Christian and the Hardys. Edge and Christian are up 2-1 to one at this point. Really good match, as all these matches really are. They're all pretty damn solid. These guys are all over the place, but they end up getting double DQ'd, so this match doesn't really count in the series. So they're going to have a rematch. Okay, So I guess that would be match number four again, but it's really match number five on SmackDown October 14th. So Edge and Christian are watching a video in the back of Terry with $100 bills covering her body. So the Hardy Boys are going to take advantage of Edge and Christian being distracted by all that Terry Runnels there is there. And the Hardy Boys jump them backstage. And the Hardys will win this match, actually. And they're going to tie it up, of course. So it's now 2-2. And they're going to get the rubber match at no mercy. So cool little story. I like when they do this every once in a while. Is have a series of matches building to or what end up what ends up building to the pay-per-view. So that's how it worked out here. And this was one of the really good matches in the series, but not going to be better than the No Mercy match, which is no definitely a match you need to go back and watch. It's a ladder match. It's the first tag team ladder match in WWF. So you need to check it out just for that. And you probably have already checked it out, but check it out again. So... Going back and watching this, you're like, you got to be thinking automatically, what, wow. Because you already know what Edge and Christian the Hardys become and all the great matches they have. But here it is, the first time they're in a ladder match with each other. And hell of a match, of course. Whoever wins this match gets the services of Terry. Gets $100,000. And the Hardy Boys win the match. They get Terry. Hey, what's that whistling over there? You hear whistling? I don't hear any whistling. Maybe it might be a nose. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hearing you hear something. whistling? Yeah. I don't think I'm breathing like a fucking <laughs> fat piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and when I do, I don't whistle. <laughs> do you still hear it? No. No. All right. Let's get back to the action. <laughs> so the Hardy Boys win the match. And they're going to get Terry. So that means Gangrel is going to be out of the picture here. And that was an awesome match. Dave Meltzer will call this the match of the year in America. It's going to be four and a half stars. And I totally agree with the four and a half stars. I don't know about match of the year in America, but it probably is. Because we've watched most of WWF up to this point in 99. And this is one of the better matches. And I can't imagine WCW was putting on that many good matches in 1999. So it might be right up there as being one of the best matches of the year. And it's also considered to be one of the best pay-per-views of the year, too, is No Mercy. And this match, along with the main event match we talked about earlier with Triple H and Stone Cold, really make this a good card. So, hell of a good match there. And even the next match that I would say is like the third best on the card, which is kind of a shit show match, but I kind of enjoyed it. And that has to do with Jeff Jarrett and China. 
and they're going to have their match at No Mercy. And Char- uh, Jeff Jarrett's contract ended the day before this. And he didn't resign, but he negotiated a one-night deal to do this pay-per-view and put China over. And I was surprised they didn't turn him down. You would think they would just turn turn him down, but I guess the only reason why you wouldn't turn him down is so that he doesn't show up to Monday Nitro with the IC title. Yeah, good call. Otherwise, I think they could have... I mean, I thought this was a great great television, the lead-up to this yeah. and the build. I thought it was actually one of the more underrated feuds of the Attitude Era uh, based on what, you know, what we've covered thus far. I agree. Um... But yeah, so it also would have been anticlimactic if he left, and there was no like no finish to payoff. It. Yeah, right. it wasn't that wouldn't have it wouldn't have been the right payoff. No, you're right. I think the the feud deserved. I think China deserved it. But right, so it's too bad. Yeah, so there was a whole lot of hoopla and what went down behind the scenes about this. Maybe he he negotiated with Russo to get a WCW deal, and then he went over to join Russo. For the fact of the matter that he'd get a better push in WCW, and maybe they plotted early on about a month ago or just earlier in the month to hold off on dropping the title to China and move it to a date that was right after his his contract ended. So there's all that out there, and it's just shady on Jarrett and Russo's part if that's the case. So, you know, whatever. He's got to do what he's got to do, and that's what ended up happening, and that's why Jarrett and Russo have never come back to the WWE until Jarrett was brought back here, or brought back to the WWE for the Hall of Fame, which was, again, almost 20 years, yeah, 20 years later. So that happens there. Uh, Jarrett's done a great job, like JV was just saying, leading up to this. Um, the angle... I thought it was a great angle, too. You know, they want to do it today, even though it would be a good angle for today. But they want to do it today because it's a male chauvinist who's beating up a woman. Whereas the true story is this guy's an asshole and the woman's going to kick his ass. That's the true story of what happens yep. in this angle. That's the payoff. Is that you build, you build up by hating somebody because he's such an asshole, and then you pay off. All right, the good thing happened in the end. But if this were to be an angle today, it would get shut down after a week because everybody would be bitching online about the male being an asshole to the woman. They wouldn't take the heat for it. They wouldn't say, "Hey, why don't you just wait a fucking few weeks and see what the story is? Let's see how it finishes." It's like going to a movie and getting mad after the first five minutes and walking out. You don't know what the fuck happens the rest of the movie. <laughs> that's a good analogy. So that's what would happen in today's culture. <laughs> we're getting we're getting a little pissed at today's society on this episode this week. Well, it's this sucks, episode, so. yeah. There's that. <laughs> so anyway, you get this match and. It's an enjoyable match. Uh, the thing that sucked, though, about the finish was <laughs> was that Jarrett, it looks like Jarrett's going to win. You know, he gets the win, he gets the, win, gets the count. But then Teddy Long says, 
You know, an IC title is not a household <laughs> item. You know what, though? I like that they jumped in on that. <laughs> because it was a household items match. And not everyone has a bell hanging around. <laughs> right. So, that's good. That part. I don't mind that. So, Jarrett hits her with the bell, gets the three count. They realize, all right, that's not a household item. Then, the match continues. Then, China wins the match after hitting Jeff Jarrett with a guitar. So, apparently, that is accepted as a household item. <laughs> ah, good call. So, what the that's fuck rare, is that? I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. How many people have a fucking guitar in the house? Not me. So here's the deal with me. I don't have a guitar in my house, but I got a championship belt in my house. <laughs> and that's the Hurricane Rana Fantasy Football Championship belt for the three, three times. Time, three times. Three times. Three times. Three times. Three times. Time. Time. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I have that in my house, and I'm willing to say many of our listeners probably have a championship belt in the house over a guitar. <laughs> but they have to pay for it. They didn't earn it. <laughs> I'm sure there are a few people that have both a guitar. And a belt. I know our friend Frank Owls definitely has a guitar and many championship belts in his house. Frank can play the guitar? That's yeah, cool. he was in a band. Yeah, I think if you Chattered, can play a guitar, Chattered that's self, like a holy... Something like that, I thought the name was. Oh, really? Yeah. That's even better. I you know That's something I wish I would have gotten into more as a kid was just like music. Me too. Like being able to play an instrument. I can't play a single fucking instrument. I can play Row, Row, Row Your Boat on a fucking piano. I don't even know where to begin on a that's guitar it. either. No, no. Ah, it's fucking, my kid makes me. If I have children I, or whatever, they're gonna. I feel they're learning a, an instrument. I don't give a fuck if it's like a brass instrument. They're learning something, right? Like being band, learn something, learn music. Yeah, I I bought a guitar way back. I don't know, like fifteen years ago, and I tried. Uh, I felt like an idiot. I was like, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even get lessons from anybody either, but. I thought, I can look online and... <laughs> nope. I felt like an idiot. And then I sold it. Actually, no, I just gave the guitar away to Lisa Souza. <laughs> that was it. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> Maybe it was 20 bucks or something. I was like... Yeah. Alright, so anyway, you get that match there and uh, that's it. That's it for Double J. He's out of the picture here at this point. So we won't be covering him anymore on this Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Uh... Kind of run through some things quick here. Uh, other storylines going on is you got Chris Jericho and Curtis Hughes. They're going to split. And Howard Finkel is going to be pawned off to Curtis Hughes. So Jericho's going to take Howard Finkel. Or, this was funny. Or Harold Finkel. Yeah. Hey, he's yours now. And Fink thinks he's going to be with Jericho still because he helps. Fink helps Jericho in a match against Curtis Hughes. And then Jericho says, all right, you can go with Curtis Hughes. And Curtis Hughes is, like, all happy about it. Like, you're mine now. Like, he's going to buttfuck him or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got that. And then we move on to the big show. This storyline kind of sucks. And it's unfortunate. You know, the big show's father passed away a couple years before this. Or a year and a half before. But this storyline is that big show's father has cancer. Fucking cancer. How can you have a storyline with that? But anyway, that's the storyline 1999. Big Bossman says he doesn't give a shit about it. I, I don't have an issue with that. No? I mean, no, I, because they fucking do it on TV. Dramas and shit. 
don't know. That's a good point too. It's that's the thing. If you start right, I know. I go, w, it's tough well, to not you, but I'm just saying WWE in general, like wrestling as a fucking form of entertainment. Right. It's right, it's just when a you drama. cater to the fucking people that are like. It's like, well, you told you're telling me it's not real. So when I go and do shit, all of a sudden it hits home like it's real. Like yeah. fucking pick one or the other. I guess the only argument could be is how seriously are they taking it with the things that they do in the storyline? Then they're gonna have. We'll get to it, but they'll have the the funeral, and then there's like a car chase through the. <laughs> yeah. Through the cemetery. Through the cemetery. Stuff. Shit. So, you know. So I can see. I the, still don't have an issue with it. See I, the know. Crap. I know it's all entertainment. It's all. Scripted. They're not. They're not up there spewing hate. No, I get that too. But anyhow, yeah, and you know it's easy to fall into it too because it does seem so reality based sometimes. And then you gotta, you just gotta remind yourself it's not. (laughs) It's It's a television show, right? TV show. TV show. Drama. It's a drama. That's what wrestling is. Right. It's a live TV show. Right. Alright, so you have that uh, Big Boss Man, Big Show, they got a feud going on, and and that's what's going on in the background, is that Big Show's dealing with his father's issues, and they do have a match on SmackDown for the hardcore title between Al Snow, Big Boss Man, and Big Show. Big Boss Man is going to win the hardcore championship back, and he does that after nailing Big Show in the head with a nightstick, and Big Show is going to blade himself in. Take the pin there outside of the ring for Bossman to win that title. The Stephanie and Tess shit is coming to an end temporarily here as they try to regroup themselves and figure out what to do. Stephanie can't remember anything that happened. She doesn't remember Tess. Tess is all bullshit about it. He's pissed off. He wishes the girl that he loves would remember who he is. And Stephanie is trying to get the British Bulldog on an episode of GTV or a clip from GTV to uh, just apologize because she doesn't know what Vince and her family is going to do to him. And apparently it's going to be fire him because he's not going to be back after this. But um, the one thing that I thought was strange during this meeting was that Stephanie calls him Davey and British Bulldog says, it's not Davey, it's David. What the fuck? You were never called David. So that must be what he goes by backstage, apparently. And then we move on to Mark Henry. And I actually like these. I don't know what you think about these. But I like these Mark Henry sex therapy skits. Me too. I liked it then. <laughs> these are pretty funny. Yeah, Mark Henry arriving with his sex therapist. Um, he, he had one the week before. But now he is here with the second one. And she says he's going to have a test tonight. It's going to be an overstimulation. And what ends up happening is he's going to be in a match against the Godfather. And it's going to be a ho-jack match. There's going to be a bunch of hoes surrounding the ring. And it's going to be like a lumberjack match. And Mark Henry is going to be overstimulated because of all the hoes that are out there. And his therapist, which is Andrea Early, is pretty hot. And she's watching on in the back, and she's getting upset that Mark can't control himself, and he starts dancing with all the girls, and he gets tackled by all the hoes. And The Rock 
uh, the Godfather rather just wins with a, a roll up because of how distracted Mark is. And then on SmackDown, the following, well, later in the week on October 14th, he gets his third sex therapist, and it's a guy this time. And he's obviously going to be a gay sex therapist. So. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so he starts rubbing he starts on Mark rubbing Henry. his chest and shit. Yeah. And then Mark Henry, he says, you can't help me at all. <laughs> and then the guy says, a sexual, come back. Sexual, come back. And even Jerry Law is like, that guy has a lisp. So I guess that's the joke on the gay guy this time. That gay guys must all have a lisp. So I thought, Yeah, no though, shit, right? But that's, that's a stereotype. Right, big time. So I thought, though, what would have been a great thing to do here is that because of the whole story being Mark Henry is addicted to sex, is that you have him be turned on still. Because he's getting attention. He's addicted to sex, so he doesn't even care where it's coming from. So you kind of <laughs> tease like Mark Henry being turned on a little bit by it. But maybe storming off after he realizes, I'm not supposed to be turned on. Then he leaves. He just shows like he's still addicted to sex. Yep. Doesn't matter. That would be my writing. My little technique into that. But still good nonetheless. Still funny. Mark Henry is He's great in everything he does, I think, you know, in the past year or so, ever since he came back. And uh, I kind of, I think that concludes much of the things here. Um, the, I do have some things about The Godfather, but actually, damn, there is one funny part with The Godfather. Uh, Godfather does a match with Midian on SmackDown from October 14th, and Godfather is going to give the offer like he always does. You want to wrestle me, or do you want the hose? But Midian says, I don't do hoes. But you got any farm animals? <laughs> Godfather's like, what? And then just kicks his ass because he can't believe what he just said to him. And then Viscera is going to attack the Godfather after that. And then Godfather has another match with Midian at No Mercy, which made no sense to me because I thought he would have a match with Viscera since Viscera just kicked his ass the uh, days before. But they went with that again. And then I had the realization, which I don't know why I didn't think of this before, is that Visser is just a fucking giant Morpheus from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> he's got this. He's got the shades. He's got the hair, and he's got the big black jacket. He's just fucking giant Morpheus. <laughs> and it's 1999, so that's Matrix year. That's when Matrix came out. So he's fucking giant Morpheus. And then the last part, as we wrap things up here, is the women's title, Ivory versus Fabulous Moolah at No Mercy. Fabulous Moolah is going to fucking win the WWF Women's Championship at 72 years old. And when she first won it, it was back in 1956. So 43 years prior to this, she was the, that's when she won her first title. And then she's going to become the oldest women's champion here. Obviously, the match sucks. But it's still crazy to see how much Mae Young and Moolah could do in the ring, taking bumps and shit. Yeah, I, I remember I remember being amazed that these women were still just doing moving what around. They were doing. The fact they were moving. In the 70s. Yeah, and they, they had dropped energy their after ass. to like participate in like a pseudo match. Right. Even after walking down that long ass aisle <laughs> and being old. 
Oh, man, that's crazy. All right, so that's going to wrap up our Attitude Era update. Wrapping up with No Mercy of 1999. And we're going to continue on to October into November. But then we're getting close to Survivor Series. So within the next two weeks, we're going to get to the end of Austin for almost a year. So that's coming up within the next couple of weeks. So next week on episode 60, we will be getting to the rest of October. Actually, it is just the rest of October. We'll wrap that up. And then on episode 61, we'll get into finishing up Austin's time in November leading up to the Survivor Series where he's going to get hit by a car in the parking lot. Somebody did it for The Rock. <laughs> About to build to that. All right, so let's wrap things up here. There are no house show rundown, as Austin is not doing shit on the house shows during this time period. JV, do you have an oh hell yeah moment of the week? I do, and it has to go to the match itself at No Mercy, because um, reason being, A, we haven't had many matches recently, and even the matches we had prior to that were kind of lackluster um and the hell yeah moment just being that the rocks now getting involved so now we have like this triangle of uh, of top stars and i just thought it was a smart booking decision you know even knowing that stone cold it's gonna be mia for a little bit yeah i agree i can't probably say much more to it than that that is one of the better matches that we've seen throughout 1999 i mean Probably the best match other than that was the WrestleMania match between Austin and The Rock. And The Rock. Yep. And then we get to this match. So, yeah. So, those are probably the top two Austin matches of the year. So, that's definitely going to be a oh, hell yeah for me. Oh, hell no! But let's move on to the oh, hell no moment. Davey, what do you think for oh, hell no? Uh, so the SmackDown episode, just Triple H is acting. All right, that's a good one. It's just, just in general, it's just, it's awful. It's terrible. I guess my oh hell no is like a combination of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say the, the whole ending skit of the Raw prior to his acting job with the makeup and just the whole being in the locker room with the snake. And then Austin saying, shake that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then the light shutting off and Triple H just screaming. Yeah, that's pretty oh hell no. In terms of an Austin-related oh hell no. But on the Attitude Era side, of oh, there's probably plenty of oh hell no's. Like the British Bulldog in general. And getting dumped into a bunch of candy bar shit. That was kind of oh hell no to me also as a... Just a little aside. So that that wraps things up with that. Uh, like I said, next week is episode 60, another milestone. We got 6-0, and that'll be the end of October. But before we get out of here, let's give out some podcast plugs to our pals. Again, you heard them during the break. It's Talking Taker. Check them out on Twitter, at Talking Taker, and they're available on all podcast, podcast platforms. And they are currently... Dang, very far along into Undertaker's career. So I think they're in 2007 at this point. So check out their latest episode. Those episodes come out on Friday. 
Check out our friend Mike Mills and his show at Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. And they are covering NWA WCW World Championship Wrestling on Saturday nights from currently September of 1988. This week will be September 17th of 1988. Those episodes drop on Thursdays. They drop another episode on Sundays. That's the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Recap. They are currently at episode 178. June 24th, 1995. And those, again, are on Sundays. Also, check out Michael Quinn and Joe Murata on our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This week is their break week, so they're doing a special end-of-season review. They're doing a live commentary of the 1986 Slammy Awards. So you can listen to that on the podcast feed. But if you want to watch 1986 Slammy Awards and listen to them do the live commentary, go to their YouTube page and you can watch the Slammies and listen to them at the same time. Check them out on their Our Vantage Point YouTube page too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. They fuck. They know what they're doing. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have time for that. <laughs> they got that shit going on there. So that would be a cool way to figure, figure out one day. But hey, never know. Uh, also, check out Free A Geek for all your pop culture needs in terms of video games, movies, music. Jay Free is on a little hiatus helping out his friends with another podcast, the Whatever Bros podcast. But still a lot of great stuff there in his archive, so check out Free Your Geek. I'm sure he'll be back with some new episodes in the weeks to come. And then again, check out JV and I at Extreme ECW Livecast. This week we have a new episode coming out, and we're on the $5 tier if you want to check us out at patreon.com slash territory. And we are currently in 1993, November 23rd and 30th of 1993 watching along with ECW episodes. And again, follow us on Twitter at NPRU83 for me. JV is at John Van Damage. We are at Bottom Line Cast. And for the Extreme ECW Live Cast, we're at Extreme Cast. Please, guys, give us a five-star review if you think we deserve it on iTunes. And also subscribe to our page on YouTube. You can become subscriber number 11 now. Number 11. We got 10. Now we need 11. <laughs> We're moving along. And we don't, we have 100 listens now, so that's great too. So keep going there. Thanks, guys, for all the support. And we'll be back next week with episode 60. I'm Mike Pru, along with JV. JV, any final words? No, sir. All right, man, we are out of here. So long. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs>